Hello and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice and I'm here with my good friend Gareth Jones. Good evening mate. Good evening and uh, um, he is the uh, presenter of the Trackline Cycling podcast so check that out where you can. It's available in all good podcast uh, places where you would normally get your podcasts. And um, Music and Film Saves the World podcast. So I'm a podcast, we're a podcast that we like to, we do countdowns. We chat about our favourite films and music, um, we're going to do some director's commentaries, um, our favourite, some of our favourite films, etc. And what we do is, it's, it's people that might not necessarily work in, in music and film discussing film, because it doesn't necessarily mean you don't know about it or know what you like, just because you don't particularly work in, in, in that industry. So that's how I sort of do it. It's a, like a, a, we try to be as positive as possible and we just have a like, little discussion. Gareth and I have known each other for years. We're very similar tastes and bits and bobs and but always appreciate what each other's like. So um, this is the uh, fourth of um, of a four, almost like a four part introductory podcast. So um, if you if you are this is the first time you've listened to us, um, you will have seen that we've done a top 20 countdown of our favourite albums split into two parts. And this is the second part of our top 20 films of all time. So in the last episode, Gareth and I counted down our 20 to 11. And today we're going to count down our 10 to 1 which is always going to be fun. Now, I know Gareth will probably uh, almost probably could write down my 10 and we'll see how. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth, I can, I can never do. I can never do. You, you never know what, he's gonna, what you're going to come up with. But um, without further ado, we might as well crack on and do, I'm going to do my top 10. I'm going to start off with my top 10 today. Um, and my number 10 is a film that many people have in their list. It often comes up as one of the best films of all time. And often the reason why that is, is because good reason. And my number 10 is The Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Um, and by the way, Gareth and I don't know each other's countdown. This is, we, we thought we're finding out we don't share it with each other beforehand. Um, we, we um, this is the first time we, he knows of my countdown. So, the Shawshank Redemption. Now, obviously, this is one of those films from the 90s that didn't do very well in the cinema at all. Came out in 94, and it was one of those years that all, every film with that Oscars was a great film. I think very, very rare. I think Pulp Fiction was up for best film. This, or was it one that Forrest Gump won? Um, uh, yeah, this is the year um, Forrest yeah, Gump won. Yeah. Tell you what, mate, keep talking, and I'm going to look up the um, was it 1994 Oscar. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, have a look. Have a look. Um, and, it, and this really sort of got its reputation through word of mouth. It didn't do well at the box office. Um, and this is, and we, we sort of touched about it in the last episode uh, because Gareth had the usual suspects in his, um, in his probably his 22, his 22 to 11. And the Usual Suspect, Shawshank Redemption, Reservoir Dogs. There's lots of these films in the 90s which sort of got a cult appeal, Trainspotting possibly another one, a cult appeal through video and how important video was in you go down to your local video rental place, you get the video and somebody's, by word of mouth, said, oh, you must rent out Shawshank Redemption. It's a brilliant film because they haven't caught it in the cinema. Shawshank Redemption is one of those films for me. I actually got it out of a local library 
um, mm -hmm. where obviously libraries did do videos and CDs back in the day. And I got it out of my local library. Um, basically, what's the fuss about of this film? And as soon as you watch it, I think you know what the fuss is about. It's an absolute masterpiece from Frank Darabont. A film that is never maybe the green mile, but nowhere near being able to, to emulate. Um, the cast, he's got his perfect. Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. This is probably the film. I know Morgan Freeman was in films beforehand and he had a long career before Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, this film made Morgan Freeman the real household name, I think. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. I know he was in Robin Hood and a few other things, but this is the film that really sort of made his name and sort of gave him the sort of, those type of roles that he has, like a, the gravitas that Morgan Freeman always brings to a part. And it's an absolute perfect role. And, I'm hoping, I'm hoping when you look this up, Gareth, he was nominated for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. Because oh, if Best Supporting Actors. No, well, firstly, my Best Picture uh, nominations that year, obviously it was won by Forrest Gump, yeah. which which took away, I think, about 84 Oscars that year, didn't yeah. it? Um, which, yeah, is not, of, which people people do put down Forrest Gump because of, of the type of film. I don't film. think they should. I, I, I adore think Forrest Gump. I, I actually watched Forrest Gump recently um, because my, my wife and I are watching a lot of 90s films to scare through some 90s films. Shawshank Redemption we watched recently as well. Um, and I haven't actually seen Forrest Gump that many times. Probably it's only the third time I've ever seen it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great film. So, oh, so it, it's unbelievable. It's just the type of film it is sometimes gives it... A, a reputation that's not deserved a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, no, Films like the Shawshank Redemption. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Best Picture was won by Forrest Gump. Yep. The other nominees were uh, Shawshank. Yeah. Uh, Quiz Show, great film. It is a good film. Yeah, great yeah. Film. Yeah. Completely forgotten movie now. Yeah. Um, directed by Robert Redford. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pop, uh, obviously, Pop Fiction was in there. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, four weddings and a funeral. Of course, of course. <laughs> four weddings wow. and a funeral. Wow. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite a heavyweight year of films, really. I mean, if you look at that. Well, apart, apart, apart from uh, four weddings and a funeral. Four weddings and a funeral. But, uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, so, I mean, there's not much you can say about the Shawshank Redemption, but I think it's that, that type of that type of film really is it, so, it's one of those films that is gives you hope and it's so positive without being too schmaltzy and slushy yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, there's there's at one point that the main Tim Robinson's character, Andy, you you think that how on earth is he getting out of this? Yeah. You know how you know he's in he's in there. He didn't commit the crime. Even they find someone who they find someone who knows he didn't commit the crime, and the, the people in that corrupt prison will literally not let him go. Basically, they, they will not let him go because of the things he can do for them, um, etc. So it's and that sort of steadfast friend that Morgan Freeman does uh, as that part is so crucial. That that sort of two-hander um, that is an absolutely inspiring film. And as the film sort of carries on and ends, and, he, and you have that twist at towards the end of how he escapes, and he's in and, and he sort of, he sort of Go, it's, it sort of dawns on you how long he's been trying to get escape uh, from the very beginning he was doing it. Um, yeah. It's it's an amazing film, um, and I think it's you know it's quite I think it's would be in a lot of people's top 10, 20 films. Yeah, 
can you you know like you were saying that it was it was just kind of discovered after the fact because it yeah. wasn't a big film and it was it was it was one of those genuine word of mouth movies yeah. have you seen this film you need to see this film yeah and it's those wonderful kind of universal kind of things like you know hope um that kind of so many like um what's the word like you know um you know grandparents would love that film yeah parents would love that film teenagers would love that film. yeah girls would love that film boys yeah. would love that film yeah um as there's something incredibly kind of universal and binding about it and the the, the last i mean the, the whole thing is like perfection you know is it the best stephen king um novel you know a, a movie adaption it probably is yeah, it's it up is, there with yeah. um you know i mean there's, there's quite a few which are which are in with a good shout but it probably is the best i think um and that those that last like half an hour of the film it just raises the, the bar again yeah, you know, everything yeah, before yeah. then was unbelievable and that whole kind of like as years and decades go by that he's been in the prison and stuff like this and um and the kind of passage of time and there's a really good job at doing that passage of time yeah well. yeah but it's all about time and it's all yeah. about patience and things yeah. like you know all like, like down to things like you know him making the the chess pieces mm, mm. to like um you know how how the kind of films progress that they're watching in the in the cinema yeah, in the prison yeah. and stuff like that and, but that that last half an hour when you see him how he breaks out it's the ultimate payoff yeah and and do you i think it's very hard to get a word of mouth film again because everything's just kind of instantly there on a you know um on on netflix or or sky or however you consume i think tv series have taken over that a little bit yeah yeah i mean you always have done but i think you get word of mouth tv series because something appears like on netflix so that netflix don't really push it that much and everybody goes Break, breaking Bad, perfect yes, example. Yes, did, yeah, yeah. You know, line, line, yeah. Of juice, line of Duty, perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Game know. of Thrones, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen this 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 fantasy TV series, which is very hard hitting yeah. in terms yeah. of violence and what was yeah. the concept of the content of it? But it's got yeah. like a movie budget. It's, it looks like yeah. a film, and you know that. And this, um, I think one of the recent netflix breakaway um ones is the queen's gambit which i haven't seen oh, that's, some, oh my god that's supposed to be uh, and yeah. that wasn't pushed like they do in something so no it wasn't I, pushed I but it, it came out at the perfect time yeah yeah at the start of lockdown last year yeah. where everyone was sat at home or a lot of people sat at home with the remote control in the hand and literally going through netflix program yeah. by program like like the you know um what's it What's it called? Joe Exotic, the 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 Tiger King. <laughs> Another perfect example of uh, Have you seen this this documentary about this guy? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think um, I think um, the word of mouth film. I don't think it, it. It's not that it wouldn't happen again, but it's more difficult to. I think. Um, yeah. Just due yeah. to the fact that you would now it's as you say it's easy to access stuff, so you could yeah. quite happily sit there and watch something that isn't very good. Whereas back in yeah. the day, you would go to a video rental and you'd be paying, yeah. you'd have to make the yeah. effort to go. If someone said yeah. to you, you've got to watch the short-term redemption, you'd probably pick that up because of that, rather yeah, than of course. random. 
Oh, no, I, it, it, it's kind of similar to what I say on my podcast. It's that that um, in some ways you may disagree, but in some like like music has become a bit more like disposable. Yeah. Sometimes I think not TV. I think TV has had this kind of second coming over the last yeah, yeah. Like, 10, 15 years. You know, with The Wire and Sopranos and Twenty Four yeah. and all this kind of stuff. To me, it's almost. Um, pretty marvel and like bond and star wars aside it just seems to be very much almost like a disposable thing i maybe not the film itself but almost like the cinema thing it's in the cinema and then it's like you know like scarlett johansson is suing disney at the minute yeah because how quickly it went you know black widow went on to um like streaming services yeah yeah you know i think she's got a point it doesn't seem so much of an event anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Star Wars, no. obviously, the big ones aside, you know. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Um, and actually, funny enough, what you're what you're saying is quite leads into the number nine really well. So I am going to do number nine. And that wasn't, and that wasn't rehearsed about, at all. No, it wasn't because we don't know. <laughs> and if we talk about event cinema and how it's it's not so much anymore, but there is often, like you say, Star Wars, there is a time when there is one and everybody's going to see it and the reaction of people at the cinema is unbelievable, whenever you go and see it. And this is why this is broken into my top ten. This is the most recent film in there from 2019. Okay. That is Avengers Endgame. And the reaction of people in the cinema for this film even from the start, it, it, I just I went on the day it was released. I went in an afternoon, and it was pretty full. And it was you could just feel the excitement for this film. And I saw it I saw it again in an IMAX like a week later with my wife. Yeah. And the clapping and the applause of some of the things that happen in the end, you just don't get in the cinema in the UK that often. No. no. <laughs> You don't. You, you may get them in London cinemas, but but you don't you don't really get that. I mean, I've been to cinemas in America where people are clapping and whooping all the time yeah, for hardly yeah, anything. Yeah. The film yeah, starts and stuff like they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fear. They're not there. Um, but for this, you know, I went. I was in a IMAX cinema in Hemel Hempstead, and yeah. people. It was during the day again. It was really busy, and people were so excited for this film. And this for me, is an absolute three-hour masterpiece of event cinema, of what cinema could be. And I think I mentioned it, um, I mentioned it in the last episode when we talked about Infinity War, is that I don't think there's been such a consistent series of films as these Marvel Cinematic Universe, so in terms of quality, even even when some of the not-so-good ones are still watchable. I mean, not even Bond has been able to do that. Star Wars definitely can't lay that claim anymore of how the consistent quality that these films have. And to be able to land the ending of this 20-odd film saga um, like they did and being able to get lots of things for people to do, do that sort of get humour in it as well, get the seriousness in it as well, sort of, so you care about the characters and what happens at the end of this film. I mean, I was I was blubbing and I could not believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I very rarely do with films. I very rarely do. And 
and the um, and just bringing all that together, I think, is an yeah. absolute masterpiece. And it really felt like an event. And mm. obviously, for a little while until they decided to re-release it in China, um, Avengers Endgame was the biggest film of all time. Um, yeah. And it was it is an absolute masterpiece. And it's also got it got better. Back to the Future. It's revisiting. It's revisited the old films. Yeah. Like yeah. It does it in a quite a fun way. Gives every, I mean, the amount of cast in this is enormous yeah, of top stars. It's not like just a, of top stars, and it gives everybody something to do, which is so hard to do. I mean, how many films have we seen? There's been a big cast in all the other did anything in it. Yeah, um, so um, I don't know what your I don't actually necessarily know what your views are of the MCU films, but I think I mean this might not always be in there. But mm. at this moment in time, I think just because, and also it's one of the last, you know, it's funny how this film came out, the biggest film of all time, and like less than a year later, we're all in lockdown and nobody could go to the cinema. And oh, it's, no, right. it's almost like so glad this was there, able to get yeah, this out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's unbelievable. It almost blows my mind that mm. when I was a kid, I wasn't massive into superhero comics. No. But I did used to enjoy the cartoon. Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, the incredible yeah, yeah, cartoon, yeah. etc. I used to really enjoy all that. And I used to have a couple of Spider-Man annuals and all that. But the thought of seeing all those characters together, you'd think it'd only be able to be ever done in a comic or in a cartoon. Yeah. So, you know, Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, sometimes you used to have Captain America as a guest star in one episode, yeah. or the Hulk or whatever. But to have all these superheroes in one film together is almost like the stuff of you know you just wouldn't you'd only be able to get that in a comic but it's almost like a they've come to life and the producer kevin feige is an absolute master yeah, in getting yes, things really together is. and making a lot of the film some people go oh they're all the same well they're not they you know you know ant-man's a caper film you know yeah. captain America winter soldier is more like a political film you know you've got some action films you've got a sci-fi film you've got a bit more of a down-to-earth film. they do do different things within the superhero yeah. genre okay. and um and they've also built as well some of their early ones weren't quite as good but as, as they suddenly got on and on and they did guardians of the galaxy and the captain america civil war and they were building and building you're thinking black panther and yeah. thinking they really know what how to make these films now and how to do them right uh, and make and and I think they some people think they do but I think they do give different filmmakers a a bit of a yes obviously it's always going to go through the Disney ch- uh, check control so to speak yeah but I think yeah for for a blockbuster films like this I do think it does have certain style there's no doubt that Thorn Ragnarok has the style of Taika Waititi there's no doubt about it so yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think um, um, yeah I think it's an absolute amazing film and it's one of those blockbusters it almost feels like even though it's not because of the technology it almost feels like something that you would see in the 80s it makes you feel like that a little mm. bit yeah it's yeah, like yeah. getting the not that obviously it's much more extravagant and the special yeah. effects a hundred times better and they would never be able to do this in 1985 but no. the um the sort of the 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 love of blockbusters trying to make a proper story and it's not just all this yeah. The sort of spectacle, and yeah, spectacle it's, but it's a bit more deepness into it because the 90s some of the blockbusters got just 
rubbish. And I think, yeah, yeah. like we were speaking last episode with the Middle Earth and the Harry Potter films, and now with the Super Marvel and doing their superhero films, yeah. I think we've, they've shown that you can have a bit more of a story and a bit more heart into, into some of these blockbusters as well as the spectacle. And they're not that easy to do because otherwise DC have, have had, only are now just starting to get their themselves into gear after exactly. a few sort of missteps. Yeah. Um, Marvel did it and took a bit more time over it and got it right. Mm. You know, the Lucasfilm, I think, could have probably learned a lot yeah. from how, on, on how to, like, it's, you know, it's like the perfect example of, like, juggling 50 plates at once and none Building of them smash. And none of them smash. Yeah. And how they did that is, I mean, it's incre- it's, it is incredible, you know, you know, um, you know, did I like it as film much- shot back to back. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, did I like it as much as you know, but I can't help but just kind of admire and applaud and go, yeah, you know, it's, um, so, so what was the name of the producer again? Kevin Feige. Yeah. Like, you know, if only Lucasfilm had got him. Yeah. You know, not that I'm saying, you know, the, 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 the you know, the Star Wars films drop the ball. But what we were talking about, how, like, when you have a massive cast. Yeah. And like you said, they all have something to do. You know, some of those characters, man, I know a lot of it. I know a lot of it was to do with retconning and doing the whole fan service because yeah. of The Last Jedi. And I, you know, as we've spoken about on the podcast before, I love The Last Jedi. Yeah. I love what they were trying to do yeah. with that. And, and, we, and, 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 and you and I aren't down on the rise of Skywalker. No, God, no. Quite, no I'm not you so, and I are quite so, positive, which is so. a lot of people aren't, but you and I are quite Yeah, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, you know, there were things they could have done different, I think. Yeah. You know, now, obviously, you know, with time, as time has gone by, there should have been a set out, like, linear storyline that whole trilogy before yeah. they even started making yeah, yeah. rise um sorry um force awakens yeah i always forget the name of force yeah. awakens for some reason no know. i agree with you um, and, and the thing with these, I mean? films, and, these films, with these films this film is having is, is is taking threads from the original iron man film yeah yeah i know right the dark that, world from i mean when, is, when, yeah, what was that 15 16 17 years ago now so 2008 iron man came out 2008 was it, was it 2008 yeah it was yeah it was and and it was also picking up stuff from a couple of the thor films and it, it, yeah. it feels like there's almost been a, a, a plan yeah, yeah I, do, do you know what i think that i think i genuinely think there was you can't do this on the fly i'm sorry you just can't because it would it will be a colossal mess yeah, yeah. you know and you know i'm not gonna lie you know a few years ago you know a, for me personally, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's almost been overkill. Mm. You know, there's always been kind of too much for me because I just I don't have the kind of the time. I yeah. like to have a film and sit on it for six months and like, you know, let it bed in. Then yeah. I'm going to watch it a few times and, you know, think about it and yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, no, you ain't got time, mate, because there's, there's another three coming out next month. <laughs> yeah, Come yeah. on, chop, chop, yeah, chop. Yeah. Come on, we're moving, we're moving, you know. Yeah. And it was too, and a, and a few, I remember thinking about five years ago, I was just like, when is this bubble going to burst? When's there going to be that first colossal flop? Yeah. And it, and it just hasn't happened. No, no. And now I'm just like, you know what? 
you know, I mean, my favourites are, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do- I, lo- I love Doctor Strange. You yeah. Know, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's Ant Man and Guardians of the Galaxy for me. But that's that's um, the beauty of them though, because they're yeah. so good, high quality. Every, a lot yeah. of people do have different favourites. Yeah. So no, you they would do. go, you would, yeah. I've, I've spoken to people that go, you know what, I still prefer the first Iron Man. You know, yeah, some people, you, some people, they on um, YouTube slag off Iron Man three, like anything. But then another person, an Empire reviewer, goes, "Oh, Iron Man three is one of my favourites because it's got Shane yeah. Shane Black doing it." And so yeah. it's like, it's that's the beauty of these films and how good the consistency, consistency yeah. and the quality has been. That you know, it's that's not crazy. everyone's not everyone's favourite is the Empire Strikes Back. Everyone's favourite no. is a different one. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. is Endgame necessarily the best? I'm not 100 sure it is, but because of what it does, yeah, that's why it's yeah. it's number nine. And no, as I say, it might not always be there, but sometimes with films like we do, like we did back in the day, yeah. um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves would have been in my top ten easily back in 1992. Mm. Now <laughs> it's not there now because sometimes you see a film and you hit it at a particular time and suddenly it's there. Yeah. But then you might get ten years time. It's like, what's that doing there? It's coming right out. So who knows? It might be, it might not be. But at this point in time, Infinity War and Endgame, I think, are absolutely brilliant. Right. Let's move on to number eight. And we've had two. And Gareth, we haven't had any Steven Spielberg. So I'm going to have to put that right right now. All right. Is it Hook? (laughs) <laughs> it's not Hook, uh, and it's uh, not 1941. <laughs> uh, <ooh. laughs> it's Jurassic Park at number uh, eight. Um, another one of that. That was an event film in 1993. Oh I don't think there was. God. I don't think there was anyone who didn't go to see Jurassic yeah. Park. My right, dad went yeah. to see Jurassic Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he never went to the cinema. So no, um, no. Yeah. it was. Uh, I can remember. I, I just. I just. Even now, it's such a roller coaster of a of a film. It's an absolute oh, brilliant film, and I, I watched it again not that long ago, and mm. I think the special effects are still pretty good. Uh, yeah, know, they I'm, still they still stand up. I mean, um, I mean I think for, the, te- for, the tension. Better, of it. Sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I just want to say, you know, for, for better or for worse, it was the uh, the effects in this film was what convinced uh, George Lucas to. Uh, Make, make the Phantom yeah. Menace, so thanks. Well, originally, <laughs> originally, they were going to use stop motion. They're always going to be stop motion, the whole yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and it's only when sort of industrial light and magic said, look, look what we can do with this computer, that Spielberg yeah. yeah. changed his mind and thought, well, yeah. you know, if we can do that, then yeah. let's do it. And, yeah. you know, there's not much to say about Jurassic Park, really, but it's, it's an absolute roller coaster and the way that the actual the first hour is actually quite slow paced it just he does yep. it's brilliant it's building and yeah. building but still making it interesting as well you see the dinosaur you don't see the dinosaur straight away you no. just see well, it's, it's, it's the jaws it's the jaws trick isn't it yeah yeah and he mm. it, it, an absolute genius spielberg at just doing these yeah. things again and again yeah. and and doing it in a different way and coming up with stuff that you would say nobody else could think of no. you know and the the, the you know the, the the raptors are chasing yeah. through the inside and, yeah. and the t-rex coming down and 
coming out of the cage and the you know the the ripple of the ripple of the water on the dashboard um he's an absolute genius at it he always casts well he doesn't necessarily go for big names even though harrison ford was one of the first choices to be to be uh alan grant yeah they they, they wanted to spend money on special effects but it's um you know jeff goldblum laura dern sam neill Richard Attenborough, yeah, yeah. Uh, great cast, um, all work well together. Um, and Samuel Jackson's in it as a, in a, yeah. In a yeah, yeah, in yeah. early sort yeah. of roles. Um, yeah. It's it's a great film, and it's a film that has, it's a it's a film that has sequels. And I sometimes sit with a film like this. It's very difficult to do sequels when you know that basically the same thing has to happen again. It's like Jaws. Yeah. It's the same thing, as, and sometimes horror films can be like this as well. The same yeah, thing has to happen again. It's very difficult yeah. to make a sequel as good as the first. Um, yeah. I quite enjoyed the, the last, the latest two, um, Jurassic World and mm. Fallen Kingdom. A lot of people don't like Fallen Kingdom, but I don't mind it. Um, and I don't, and I quite like Jurassic World because basically Jurassic World is just a modern version of Jurassic yeah, Park. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, uh, but you actually yeah. see the park in motion, you actually fully up and running, which is quite a, a nice sort of, it's nice. So, but this for me is still the, the best one. Um, and quite, and it's, it's an absolute genius film. And um, one of those nineties classics um, that everybody saw. I think everybody seemed to, when you went around someone's house, everybody had the video, the VHS yeah, video of always, it as well. Always, always. Um, great film. Did Obviously, obviously, you had it on VHS. Do you remember? Do you remember the limited edition VHS box? It come. It was. It looked like a like it was rock. carved out of a that's, rock or something. We had it. That's the one we yeah, had. Yeah, was, was that you had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. My brother, my yeah. brother was the one who really, really loved Jurassic Park. Yeah. And when it came yeah. out, he, he spent the extra five or his pocket money to buy this rock <laughs> box. Chip off the old, chip off the old block, eh? Oh yeah. Good old, good still, old Rob. Why have we still got that? I don't know if we got rid of a lot of our VHSs. I know that, but I wonder if he still kept that one. But um, it, it, it's it's like you say though, it was like proper event cinema. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the first film I saw at the cinema was Return of the Jedi. I was five. Yeah. You know, I did I didn't know what event cinema was then. Obviously, it was, but this was the first time what I I saw marketing. Yeah, you know the power of marketing. You know McDonald's kind of, you know, taught everything was a tie-in. You know, it was the first time I became aware of like Jurassic Park T-shirts, yeah. posters, and books. Yeah, and basically whatever you can put the name on. You know, lunch boxes, all this kind of stuff. You know, but it has this. Uh, it has this superb sort of marketing image, isn't yeah. it? This oh, image. oh, it's it's it's, 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 it's I, everything about it. Everything about the film is iconic. Like, um, you know, from the logo. Uh, the music, I think you know, John Williams yet again, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, to like, um, like you say, where you know, for the first like 20, 20, 25 minutes, half an hour, you don't see the dinosaurs, you see the, the raptor's eye at the yeah. very start, that opening yeah. scene, yeah. um, iconic. Uh, you know, the uh, the ripples in the cup of water. Yeah. You know, how many times has that been kind of like lampooned yeah. and ripped yeah. off and stuff, you know? Um, you know, the first time you see the T-Rex, and I, this was a PG when it came out. I remember there being quite a big thing about about like 
I don't know if it was Mary Whitehouse or one of those kind of people at the yeah. time, but like, this should not be a PG. This should be a 15. Yeah. It's too scary for kids. And I was, you know, and I remember going to see it and just being like, this is like, like the first time you saw that too. I'd never seen, you know, I'd, I'd seen, um, you know, stuff like, I don't know, was it like, um, was it The Land That Time Forgot? Or like, Damn you know, kind of, yeah, oh yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah, you know, or like the, the kind of uh, like Clash of the Titans or stuff where you saw yeah. dinosaurs and the old King Kong and stuff like yeah. that, you know, which are quite quaint. You know, the good film was very quaint. I'd never seen, you know, with that first time when you see the T-Rex and you're like, oh, my God. You, see, you know, you, you know, when it's standing next to the car, the vehicle, and, you, just, you know, the size of it, you get that. It, ma- it makes those dinosaurs for the first time in any film seem real because always before it always looked like a puppet. Yeah, and, like I, or, and, and, they, and they work, you know, just the right side of kind of like they had that perfect mix of like, I mean, it's a classic Spielberg, but yeah. perfect mix between like being scared and being thrilled. It's an yeah. absolute roller coaster. And that, that, that's, and it all, for me, all the whole film just leads up to that, that final scene where the two kids are in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the raptor works out how to open a door. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and even now, I mean, you know, like you, you know, I've watched this film, I don't know, pr- probably over a hundred times. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of yeah. times, you know, and I still, I still love it. It, it. You know, we've spoken about it before on podcasts, like when you're channel surfing, you know, through the channels, like a Saturday or a Sunday and Jurassic Park's on. And even if it's like, I've missed the first half an hour, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, I didn't, I didn't like Fallen Kingdom. I thought it was a bit, crap if i'm honest but i I loved i did love jurassic world but like you say it's because it was basically just a a note for note cover of the original yeah well yeah but it's very difficult it's very difficult what to do with those to make i know that's the thing and and the one next year i think is the only way you can go and that's have dinosaurs on the mainland um yeah but i'm like oh. and you've got and they brought back they're all they're all coming back aren't they sam Neill, yeah back, so you know i mean i'm, I'm, I'm cool with that because from a pure nostalgia point of view yeah. it's like getting the band back together yeah you know that's cool because you know i love sam neil and laura dern's work well, that's what's missing from the second one isn't it a little bit and i know they were followed just following what the book was like and the yeah book, but i mean sam neil was, was in the third Jeff one wasn't he? And, and really yeah. in some respects in the second one it's missing and that's often the mistake that's made in some sequence yeah. where yeah. having those characters together is part of the thing so having all three of them in jurassic Nos world and I know it's because they were following the second book a bit more and the um Jeff Goldblum's the main character in that book. Laura Dern, Laura Dern and Samuel's characters aren't in the second book. So I understand that. But yeah. It's that's what's uh, one of the things that he's sort of missing from that second one, which is a sort of quite a dark film, that second one, which has got good yeah. in it. Um, the mm. third one is a rush job. It's yeah. barely 90 minutes. Um, and they t- I think they turned up to film without a script. Yeah. And that's always <laughs> that's always a bad sign. Um, yeah. And the two latest ones, I mean, I know a lot of people haven't liked Fallen Kingdom, but, you know, the two latest ones have sort of rebooted it well with a good cast. Mm. And they've kept what they have. They've done the right thing. They've kept the main cast over the two films. Yeah, so that's got that is great. Pratt, 
you've got Bryce Dallas Howard in it and amongst a few other characters and they're going to be in the next one along with bringing back the original three so I think that'll be good um but yeah I mean it's going to, always going to be difficult to beat this film um yeah, just due yeah. to the fact there's only so much you could do with a load of dinosaurs <laughs> in a park in a park or yeah. at, and, and that's that also brings me nicely onto the next one as well, because that had suffered the same thing. These horror films will sometimes get this a little bit as well. There's only so much you can do with that killer doing the same thing again. Um, whereas a film like, a, you know, like a, like a James Bond film or a Star Wars film, at least with a sex sequel, you, you're not set by those rules. You're set by you can do whatever you want with them. Um, uh, and the number seven, I'm going to stick with Sil Bilberg, and we're going to go Jaws is at number seven. And this is a film that terrified me as a kid. <laughs> I think I've actually appreciated it more as I got older, this film. Um, but it is, it is brilliant. And it's, I mean, even though it says 12 on here, it's only 12 because of the special features. This is a PG. Yeah, and yeah. They, um, I was watching recently an episode of Gogglebox and, and the celebrities on that were watching Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> and the bit where the child dies it's horrific it is horrific because of that type of what's happened to that and as a kid there's like dismembered limbs and because you don't hardly see the shark it makes it more frightening yeah. as well and that bit of that music I mean obviously we know that John Williams is an absolute genius at all this but yeah. uh, another great cast and Spielberg you know his, what, his third film um yeah. After Jeweled and the Sugarland Express, yeah. chart would work. Yes, it looks a little bit fake now, but it doesn't really matter because the doesn't actual matter. happens in this film and how good it is is still. You watch it, it's still absolute. I mean, it has that sort of seventies aesthetic of being a bit slower. Feels a bit more like an indie film. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of seventies films, but even the original Star Wars was a little bit like that because yeah, was you know, fairly much more low budget than we would expect. Um, mm. But it is a it is an absolute masterpiece, Jaws. And I think Jurassic Park and Jaws are very good complementary Spielberg films to watch. A real good double feature of what he mm. can do with tension, with special yeah. effects. Almost twenty years apart, they were made. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as I say, this was a film that once you've done one of them, doing sequels is very difficult because what more can happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, we can uh, get we. We can ask Michael Caine to be oh, the fourth one. That's awful. That's <laughs> one of the worst films of all time, isn't it? Jaws the Revenge. It's got yeah, revenge. yeah. Well, uh, it, although, you know, as a result of Jaws the Revenge, one of my all-time favourite quotes was, was from Michael Caine. He was like, no, I haven't seen the film, uh, but I've seen the house that it, that yeah. it built, and, I, yeah, and it's yeah, lovely, yeah. you know, or something like that. And, Jaws, you know, like, Jaws 3 weren't that good, but Jaws 2 is all right. Yeah, there's an interesting... Because it keeps Roy Scheider. It keeps. Yeah. I know it doesn't have Richard Dreyfuss in it, but it keeps that main character uh, of Roy yeah. Scheider. Didn't, didn't he then, have to do that out of contract, though? He well, didn't want to do it, but yeah. I think he was forced to by the studio or something. Yeah, but then he's not in Jaws 3, and they've killed him off off screen, which that that is one of the apps my absolute pet hates when they do that. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that in Jaws 3. They killed him. They, they've killed, yeah. He's died of a heart attack off screen. In yeah. between Jaws two and three, his his son's in it, I think. Yeah, in Jaws yeah, three, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, your thought on Jaws? I mean, you know, 
basically practically invented the summer blockbuster. Yeah, it is. You know, then uh, you know, it, it's crazy to think, right, that if the shark kind of prop that they had that never worked, right? Yeah. So they had to, so they had to improvise <laughs> and not show it, right? Would it be as good a film if it had worked? No, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. There would be no near as much tension. Would would everyone be talking about Jaws in with such reverence as they do now, and rightfully so, right? Yeah. No, they wouldn't. They would just be like, oh yeah, it was shark films, a bit cheesy, yeah, you know. And it, it's that whole yeah, like you say, I mean, you know, it, it's quite. I I saw this film too young, you yeah. know, either it was on telly or or what, but it's it's quite shocking, yeah, you know. And I'm flinching, and I'm flinching, you know. And it used to, I used to think twice about getting in the get, get, getting in mm. in the water, going in the sea. Yeah. It was all right yeah. in the swimming pool because yeah. you know I, I tried to reason with myself that a shark won't be able to get into a swimming yeah. pool. But then I saw, but then I saw Thunderball. <laughs> Actually, doesn't he, he does it in yeah. Jaws three, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true. To be fair, yeah. But, um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's it, it, it's genius. It's perfectly cast. I mean, you know, yeah. um, you know, so many quotable lines. Again, John John Williams. You know, you know, it would always be one of those things that, like, if you were by a piano or in music class, there'd always be at least one kid that went dun 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 dun. Just yeah, it's just two notes. Two notes. Unbelievable. How and, do you and come you, up you with always, like that? And, all, yeah. and only iconic. And you know when he Spielberg does this thing where he sort of makes it out it's going to be the shark, but it's not. And you always know when it's not because the music doesn't come on. Exactly. It's only when the music comes on is yeah. it the shark? Because there's a couple of times I think it's something, but it's just a school of fish and all that type yeah. of thing. But the music yeah. hasn't come on yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing film. It's such oh, a good unbelievable. film. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Spielberg. Well. Is he the best director of all time? He's got to be up there. In terms of consistency, yeah, how prolific yeah. he is and consistency, he's got to be up there. Uh, you know, and he does as different as stuff. In, as, in, as in, like, you know, is he my favourite director? I mean, as, uh, you know, as I'll probably explain at great length in, in when I get to my top 10 countdown, no, he's not my favourite director of all time. But in terms of having shaped my life in terms of films you know if, if it, you know if, if if the question was like who's your favorite director as in who's shaped your taste in films and how you view movies then Spielberg would win that yeah. hand down, hands down and he, and he still and he still brings out good stuff I mean yeah. I, 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 I mean, if you look at the last 20 so years you've got minority report yeah. I mean having you and I I'm, I'm sure Loved that he directed Tintin. That <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. I was so that happy. Was, that was something. I was that... so. I was like, of all, uh, of all the people. I mean, we 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 spoke about it. I'm sure when we, when we were kids about. Yeah, you know, we don't. I wish Spielberg would, uh, would do a Tintin. You know, it'd be Spielberg or George Lucas. You know, and I remember reading in a book about Tintin years and years ago that um, Spielberg met with Hergé before he died about the, the possibility of doing a film. Um, and then, you know, obviously decided against it when Hergé died. Uh, but, oh, yeah, I was overjoyed. You know, um, it's in safe hands when yeah, Spielberg's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. 
and again, it's, it's gonna be, and, I knew and, I was going to enjoy it if Spielberg uh, did it. Oh, God, yeah. And there's, there's so many Spielberg-esque moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a better film than Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And oh, it has, much better. And it has Indiana Jones elements to that film. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Indiana Jones is getting the sequel and Tintin isn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, Peter Jackson went off and did The Hobbit. That was that was yeah. what scuppered Tintin too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do The Hobbit. Peter Jackson was going to do Tintin too. Del Toro yeah. dropped out, and Peter Jackson basically had to step in and do it. Um, and that's really that's what scuppered Tintin too. Even though he still every now and then goes on about he wants to make it. I know. He's in that documentary actually, land now. I don't think. Yeah. That ship sailed, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ready yeah. Player One, Spielberg film that was released oh. a few years ago. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was, I, old, that was old school Spielberg. Old school Spielberg, wasn't it? I adored that film. That's not possibly. People don't like it. I can't believe it. I was I was sick of you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I going to this. I went on the cinema on my own to see it. I, I'd heard about the book. Yeah. People have told me about the book over the years. Um, and I, I was gripped. And to be honest, it, it, if if we if we did like I don't know a top ten countdown of our favourite films this century, yeah, that's got a really good chance of being number one. Wow. For me, I think it is unbelievable, unbelievable. Everything about it is perfect yeah. for me. It's, it's a very it's a very you and me film. Oh my god! Yeah, you want no way I wasn't going to like. <laughs> yeah, you want you want pop culture. I'll give you pop culture. I mean, you know, I I I love watching the 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 scene where they're where they're driving. The, you know, when they're in the car race. You know, and all the stuff in the background. I'm still noticing more things that I missed. Yeah. You know. I think films like War Horse. I enjoyed. I I enjoyed yeah, the Horse, post recently. Uh, Mel Street, yeah. Tom Hanks. Um, I, I I think I mean. His his film this year is uh, West Side Story, which you sort yeah. of think it's unusual yeah. for him to do a remake. Yeah, um, he'll do a good job of it. But you'd think that he would do a good job of it. Um, so you know, uh, it, he's one of those people that even his sort of not quite so good ones have still got interesting elements in it. I think yeah, Hook's one of his weaker ones. Um, Nineteen Forty One is probably, in my opinion, his worst film because he yeah. tried to comedy that wasn't funny basically yeah. um i think the terminal is a bit of a sort of a throwaway film but oh, I, I was really like the terminal but they all have oh, things yeah. in it that are still really interesting um yeah. so anyway that's our spielberg loving but number seven was <laughs> we better move on to number six now number six i bet you're thinking he hasn't put a star wars film well, it's, I was thinking it's going to be a top three, to be honest. No, it's not. It's not. Number six is Return of the Jedi. Is at number six, Gareth. Now, oh, I'm not going, okay. not going to talk about too much about Star Wars because we've already recorded a our countdown of Star Wars. Yeah, very so true. She's going to come soon, but let's not. I don't want to. I won't talk too much about Return of the Jedi um, because we'll cover that in that in that countdown podcast. But. Um, this was as a kid. This was the second film I ever saw in the cinema. Um, I thought at the time, I mean, I was so into Star Wars, the figures, the everything about it, and this was for me like a ultimate um, finale. And for years, uh, it was for me the ultimate finale. It was one of the first films that had all those few things going on at the same time at the end, mm-hmm. and it just seemed so spectacular. That in battle still holds up brilliantly yeah. um 
it's an odd structure of the film because you have about half an hour, 40 minutes of trying to clear it up the plots from the previous film. But <laughs> yeah. it, um, I think um, you see Lucas is very different from what we met him in the original one. Now he's like that sort of Jedi where he's like very calm and confident about his abilities. I think it's a great film. I know a lot of people think it's the lesser of the three, but I still enjoy it. That speed of bike chase used to be, for me, used to be so thrilling and um and harry and i just watched the speeder bike chase the other day my son and i and he's only four yeah. and yeah. he hasn't really watched them all properly but i think he's still a bit too young but he thought the speeder bike chase was great um so that's return of the jedi at number six so do it very briefly your thoughts on return of the jedi but don't go too detailed because we are we do talk about it in great length um yeah you know best thing about it speed of bike chase worst thing about it the ewoks yeah that's all i'll say yeah, yeah. that's fair enough <laughs> fair enough well, that's uh that's uh quite a common, <laughs> common. <laughs> to be honest and i think i say this the ewoks never have bothered me too much to be honest uh maybe it's because at when when you first see it, it didn't bother you because you were young and so it, it carries on that way as you get older. Yeah. It never bothered you too much, the Ewoks, but I could understand a little bit why people would, would think that. But anyway, so number six, Return of the Jedi. Now, that was the second film I ever saw in the cinema. Number five was the first film I ever saw in the cinema, and that's uh-huh. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Uh-huh. Um this film, I think, is absolutely amazing. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love this film. The, the score is probably one of the best <laughs> scores for any film ever. I mean, that's... John, John Williams, yeah, again, it's, 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 mean, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He, I mean, he... As I, I mean, we, we touched upon it in the last episode when we were talking about Superman. You know, he did Jaws, Close Encounters, Superman, um, Empire Strikes Back. Raiders of the Lost Star, E.T., all more or less in a row. I think there was a couple <laughs> of ones did in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, all of those themes are absolutely iconic, well-known. They transcend film. If people would, people, you know, would do the notes from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, they would probably recognise the notes, but not necessarily be able to tell you what film it's from. Yeah. yeah um, sure. And this um, this theme is amazing, and the the sort of that personal of the of the sort of the love but of the boy and the alien and the, the family the, the family that's split up you know the disintegrated family around it but sort of this alien brings them together um you know the thrill at seeing those bikes rise <laughs> you know just quite a simple yeah. bikes flying off yeah is and in some respects that film is so 80s you watch the kids on their thing and it's so 80s and oh yeah and all that. I mean, even the John Williams, you know, sort of him and Lucas and Spielberg sometimes used to put little references to each other's films in there. And when they on, on Halloween, they're going out for Halloween and someone's dressed up as Yoda. Yeah. Luke Williams does the Yoda theme. In, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's no, just, it's, it's genius. It's, it is an amazing film. And it was one of those films that I saw in the cinema and that was it. I was. Film, I was going to love film forever after seeing this film. It, I was about 
Now, it came out summer of 82 in the States, but I've got this feeling it came out in the winter of 82, because it used to take about six to seven months for a film to come out in the cinemas over here. And I can remember going, and it was dark when we came out, which would suggest it was the winter. And I got a feeling it was in the Christmas Christmas holidays period. Um, And the strange story of this one was, um, my dad gave me the option of going to see a pantomime or to go and see E.T. in the cinema. And there was only one choice I wanted to see. I wanted to go to the cinema. I wanted to see E.T. Now, anyway, the day we were supposed to go, I wasn't feeling very well. And I didn't tell my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so I think me, the great aunt and uncle came and looked after my younger brother, because Robert didn't come with us. He was too young. Um, so um, they looked after him. And we went to the cinema. And I would say... Two thirds of the way through, I was sick, as in sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and <laughs> Dad wanted to take me out, and I wouldn't go. I had, to, right. see it. I had to see it to the end. And I was covered in sick. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I, I only obviously I only vaguely remember what happened, but yeah. I don't know what happened. But I was sick. I don't know. <laughs> if, I don't know if it was that bad that I was sitting there in it. I'm going to ask your dad next time we'll see him. He's probably right. He remembers that happening, but but I I can remember his handkerchief was involved. (laughs) 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 But this is it was one of those stories that was always brought up. Oh yeah, we went to the cinema, you know, and 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 I think when mum, I just went with my mum to see Return of the Jedi, and she was like, "You're feeling all right." That day, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the sort of. I probably thought you could go. You couldn't go another day. It had to be that day. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I will never forget that in some respects. But I also never forget how much I love this film. And did you know it took eight years for this to come out to rent on video? I know, mental. It came out in 1990, and yeah. so I can remember my brother and I renting it out eight years later so no i think it was no i was at still junior school so it was probably 80 88 89 it came out to rent yeah and um i can remember us renting it out from the place the rental place in the village that we were both oh, living yeah, in yeah. Uh, Tree. and i remember loving it again and because the probably is because you hadn't last time I saw it I was five and then the next time you see it you're eleven or twelve that massive gap you completely you, you almost it's almost like watching a new film again because yeah. you just you just remember images don't you I had this old I had this yeah. viewmaster of eating yeah um, viewmasters um, but um, and I loved it then and I loved, and then they showed it on telly a couple of years later for the first time I mean. The time it used to take for some films to come out on video with the telly is like oh. it's ridiculous. See that now it's like two months or straight away. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, um, exactly. But yeah, I love ET. It's one of Spielberg's very best, um, mm. if not in some respects, still his best. In some respects, it's, it could be his best film. Um, but uh, so, that's, so, that's, so, we were just talking about this a lot to not to compare it with. But, so. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, probably that and Schindler's List are probably his most like personal, yeah, personal films. Um, I mean, E.T. Uh, it, it's 
it's I I still I still cry at it now. Yeah. You know, um, and <laughs> uh, like you, you were talking about the, the the BMX bike bit when it when it goes up into the air. I remember that the, the first time I went to went to Orlando, um, going on the um, being really excited to go on the like ET ride. MGM? I don't think, I don't no, think it's there it was, anymore. It, um, with Universal. Universal. Universal, yeah, yeah Universal. Then. It's still there. Um, well, it was there when I went uh, in 2014, anyway. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, this was like, I'm, go, I'm going back now, yeah. like, what, 2000, something, 2003, 2002. Um, and, yeah, I just remember like, being really excited going on the ride, and, like, the ride was... It's, quite <laughs> it, it's a bit crap, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, I, I don't know if they had it like this when you went, but like they used to ask for your name because at the end of the ride, like the, the end of the ride, like comes down right, and then ET is there, kind of waving, going, um, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, buyer, and, and yeah. <laughs> you know, and I said, I, I said, I said, you know, obviously my name's Gareth, and, and she was like, I'm really sorry, we don't have that in the system. Well, Graham do. <laughs> so when I went past, it went by Graham. Graham. <laughs> so thanks. when, when that, you go to America, you're forever known as Graham. Yeah, Graham, because uh, yeah, they obviously don't. don't they don't, they don't have Welsh names. Well, Welsh, I suppose. They're, they're not, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah I, I remember. I, it's, it's I will always tucked I, away that ride where it is. There, yeah. And um, yeah. I, yes, we went. We went on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went a couple of times. And, um, I, I remember like when I, I remember the big thing of like the I don't know when, when it would probably been what 2015th anniversary or something when it came back in the cinema again yeah. and they did the classic thing of like you know changing the footage, yeah, you know, yeah. taking out the guns and all that, yeah. Um, and and yeah, you know, the the, the, the big deal when it came out on DVD as well because uh, again, Spielberg held off. Didn't yeah. he? You know, it wasn't one of the yeah. big kind of really like Star Wars and stuff. They didn't come out on DVD straight no. away. No. You know, and it was like a big deal. Um, I remember a friend of mine had the laser disc. Yeah. Like, um, and I remember watching that and, um, you know, tr- trying to like not cry in front of my friends. <laughs> when I was, What's like, interesting is that DVD, it's the. It is the stuff with the extra scenes in the CGI, whereas this Blu-ray, it's the original version. Original version. They don't. They don't release. They don't. They've sort of taken that one away now, and it's the original. There's nothing wrong with it. Really, was there? No, 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 no. I mean, have one last thing on ET. Um, have you ever read the script outline that Spielberg did for the sequel? I have. It's it's mad. It's madness. Yeah. It, Nocturnal yeah, nocturnal fears, wasn't it? ET2 <laughs> nocturnal fears. I don't I don't it was supposed somebody was gonna come down and steal Elliot away and he but I think he do experiments on and stuff. Yeah, I, I I think he sort of did that in a way to put the studio off. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. He course never course wanted to do but one. But it's funny, it's funny as hell reading it. It's yeah, like, yeah. Wow, okay. It's, I mean, <laughs> would you get away? I mean, this was the biggest film of all time for a long while. Yeah. You know, for almost ten years, this Jurassic Park replaced yeah. this as the biggest film of all yeah. time. Um, I did. Um, and would you have got away now without making a sequel to this these days? No chance. No chance. W- was it a couple of Christmases ago 
uh, was it the BT advert that had Elliot as an adult? Yeah. Yes. BT or Sky um, or something? Sky. Yeah, well, Sky. That, yeah. yeah, like it immediately just kind of like touched something inside me. <laughs> like, and I was like back being a kid again. I was just like, oh my God, it's Elliot. And he's yeah. like, he's old like me. He's in a lot of things, actually. He's in the, um, yeah. on a Netflix series, The Haunting of um, Hill House, he was in and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was in Gangs yeah. of New York for Scorsese. Yeah, he uh, was, well, you know. But he's old. Nobody was in that and all that. But yeah. um, anyway, yeah, so God, we're going to stay firmly in the 80s now, Gareth. You'll be in, you're in good company. And it's we're going to go one to one that we both have had in. So I think it might be our first okay. one we've actually matched. I think you're going to know what it is. At four, it's Back to the Future. And I think we said more or less everything you could possibly say about Back to the Future yeah. in the last episode. Uh, but another perfect film um blending like i mentioned before blending all those genres together to make a film that almost everybody likes Mm. i don't think you find anybody who doesn't like this film and i I tell you one thing they did well in this i don't think we mentioned this before actually it almost this film is almost timeless even though it's set in the 80s it's a very 80s film but Mm. it doesn't fall into the the trap that a lot of 80s teen films did in those days by having an 80s soundtrack it has a proper orchestral soundtrack and and i think that sort of sets it apart from some of the other films at that point of course you've got huey lewis and the news doing a couple of songs but you've got that you could have easily have gone with a real 80s sounding soundtrack and it would have completely dated that film but yeah. it yeah, does feel the 80s because you've got this orchestral thing. It almost feels like the way that this film is shot and how good Zemeckis is as a director and it's edited, it almost feels like sometimes it's a modern film just set in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it, you know, it, even though obviously the Huey Lewis songs are, are, are obviously mid-80s songs, but they're such classic pop songs that they're kind of, I, I still think, you know, and this isn't nostalgia talking, I still think like, the power of love yeah. still sounds brilliant. I think yeah. I think the production is still really good. It hasn't really got that kind of like massive overblown 80s production on it, like say, I don't know, like something off the Top Gun sound, like like say, you know, like Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Yes. It's a great song, right? But it's so 80s. Yeah. You know, all yeah. like or like uh, Starship, nothing's gonna stop us now. From Mannequin, great yeah. song, so 80s. A couple of the mid 80s Bond films, like A View to a Kill and Living Day. Yeah, but great song, like, you know, very 80s sound. Yeah, no, of course, but I think I think Power of Love has an absolute timelessness to it, yeah. and I still think it sounds absolutely brilliant. But yeah, no, I, t- I totally get what you mean. It's yeah, it's it, it's so out of time, mm. you know, to quote a phrase, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's. It blends those genres so well. Yeah, yeah. I think there's not many people who just wouldn't like this film. No, no, I don't think the special effects still stand up. Yeah. I do generally think that. Yeah, yeah. When it, you know, when it's going to 88 miles an hour in the car park, when it's getting chased by the Libyans in the in the camper van, yeah. you know, and th- that bit, you know, with the, the light, you know, the lights and stuff on the car, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, like um, about six or seven years ago, a friend of mine um, got married, and on his wedding day um his well, it's now wife um she's she surprised him that, um that he, he had a knock at the door and uh it was a guy dressed up like doc brown in the in the, in the radiation suit yeah um and a delorean outside and he got driven to the, um where they were having their 
their ceremony, uh, the, the wedding yeah. in a DeLorean. And, and it was obviously there, like everyone could sit in it, have the picture taken and yeah. all this. And I was just like, I could sit in the door and this is so cool, right? And I'm too tall, sitting in the DeLorean. The door, <laughs> basically the, the, the top of like the, the windscreen was yeah. there and the seat was as far back and the gold wing doors like closed wow. with me. I was, I'm, I was, you know, I was gutted. Because Michael you know. J. Fox was very short. He's very yeah. short. Yeah. But Christopher Lloyd, I mean, maybe because Michael J. Fox is so short, I wonder how Christopher Lloyd has got to be pretty tall himself, is not he? He must have yeah, struggled yeah, himself getting yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, but it, it was wonderful sitting in there, and it, it, it all decked it out. It had yeah, the, the time course, circuits yeah. and the yeah. flux capacitor. Well, that, that yeah. car's just it's so, so famous iconic. because it's of so that. iconic. It, yeah. Because I, mean, I think by that time, even by that time, Doris had gone out, because it was something yeah, to do yeah. with it. And it just becomes so famous just because of that film. Yeah. You know, one of the most yeah. famous film yeah. cars of them all. You know, Long yeah. Aston yeah. Martin and the Batmobile. Iconic. Be, beyond iconic, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I know a couple of people that own DeLoreans and they're a nightmare. Mm. But they put up with it because it's a DeLorean and they grew yeah. up watching Back to the Future. They just they always broke down. DeLorean. They just always broke down because that's part yeah, of, the yeah, the, of it, isn't it? It, keep, it keeps not starting and things like that. And I think that was a very common thing. It was unreliable cars. They were awful. You know, it's a, but it's the experience of yeah. owning a DeLorean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, but anyway, we've 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 at last we've matched up on one. I don't know whether we're going <laughs> to match up on the others. Doubtful. Um, but number three, number three is Raiders of the Lost Ark is number three. Okay. Um, we've had Alpha Two Indiana Jones films just outside the top ten. But this, for me, is another one of those films that I saw as a kid on video. My mum and dad watched it the night before to see if it was suitable. And crazily, they thought it was. <laughs> well, they did get to that end bit with the melting Nazis yeah. then. And, uh, I, was there, I watched it during the day, I think it was the stipulation. But I, I can't be. I was about six, I think. And, but anyway, but I, I, once again, I mean, you just, I just love these these films. And um I'm excited for the one next year. I love once again a brilliant theme. It's got everything. It's it's, it's that classic stuff that Spielberg and Lucas do really well, um, especially in there those films of that from that era. Mm. Lucas didn't do it quite so well with the prequels, apart from Revenge of the Sith. He did do it in Revenge of the Sith. So they bring you straight into the adventure straight away. I think some of these best spectacle films, there's no mucking around. You're straight into it straight away. So you're just taken away. From the off, Bond films used to do that incredibly well as well. Start the original Star Wars does that. You're in the middle of an adventure straight away, and you just and you can't help but just be taken away by it. And they do that so well in their films from the off. And um, Raiders, you know, going through that uh, temple of traps, and it's that sort of classic serial stuff. Um, Harrison Ford perfectly cast, even though it wasn't the first choice. I mean, it seems unbelievable when you see it. I know, right? Um, Selleck, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he actually, and he had the part. He had the part. Yeah. He had everything ready to go, and um, uh, he, he wasn't released. I think he wasn't released from Magnum or whatever yeah. he was doing. It must yeah, have been Magnum. Magnum. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's a, a brilliant, brilliant film, uh, and it's not. It's under two hours. Same, same with Back mm-hmm. to the Future. It goes to show you can have these films that don't even run to two hours. Yep. You know, it's 110 yep. minutes. Yep. It's there's no message in that film. Um, no let up for breath. It's still exhilarating, exciting. Him chasing the arc down on those trucks, amazing. 
And that's almost a shocking ending, you know, that you sort of, what's so good about the first one, you expect it with the others, what's so good about the first one is that you actually think it's the arc, is the arc really going to be magical or is it just what they think it's going to be? And you think it can't be magical because everything up to that point hasn't been magical or, or mystical. And then when they open it, it actually goes, okay, there's something actually happening here. And it's actually quite, if you think about it, because we're so used to the film and used to the other films, you don't expect it. But I think from that first film, there's always that thought throughout it. Well, I'm sure that, you know, it's just a myth, isn't it? That it's actually going to do something, this arc. That's because that's how everyone's suggesting that's what it is. Um, and obviously it's not, and then you get the, the milked faces and, the, and Indian Marion are, are spared. So it's a um, it's a great film, and I mean I love all of the original Indiana Jones films. Um, as I say, fingers crossed for number five next year, and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know. I mean, there's not much between the original three. I know you prefer Last Crusade, but I mean. I, they're all good. They're all good. It's those 80s three. Um, not much more to say, but it's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and again, very much like a, a film that's, you know, obviously, the first three were made in the 80s, but they're all very much kind of out of time again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They could have been made, like, last year. Like, yeah. you know, and I, and I hope that the one that comes out next year... Uh, has it got a title yet? Not yet, no. No. Um, but when it does come out, I hope that they go back to, to it, that it has that kind of same kind of feel or look as, as the first three. Because that, yeah. that was, you know, please, you know, just no more blue screen. Please. Uh, uh, you don't need it. You don't need it, you know. And I think well, from, was, what, from what you've seen so far, I think you're always going to yeah. have, modern special effects and technology in a modern film now. That's what they'll do. And it, yeah. as, you, as we talked about in the last episode, I think there is going to be an element of de-aging Harrison Ford, but I think mm. it's going to be for, for the plot. I don't think yeah. it's going to be the whole film. I'm actually positive mm. it won't be for the whole film. Um, there's no, no way they can do that. Um, but they're, they're, but they're, they're perfect. They are perfect, perfect kind of boys' own adventure movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like the old serials that... that that you know, lot that you know, George Lucas was was kind of ripping off, so yeah. to speak, Star Wars. You know, the old Buck yeah. Rogers serials and yeah. um, Flash Gordon and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but for us, this was new, wasn't it? Because we yeah, no, it was completely we new. wouldn't have grown yeah. up on these old series. No, 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 no. Sometimes no. shown them on like BBC Two back in the day, didn't they? But yeah, this yeah. for us was new. So it, yeah, it was new and fresh. Wow. And, yeah, you know, and, and it was Indiana Jones's. I don't know. He's pro- for me, he probably is the ultimate action hero. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I would get more excited about a new Indiana Jones film than a James Bond film, even though I love James Bond. Don't get me wrong. You look at me like what? I would... I'm glad I, I'm glad I've sat down. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll we'll go that far. We'll go that far. Indiana Jones or James Bond? I would say Indiana Jones. Only wow. just. You think you, you think you know someone, Chris? And then they, <laughs> I thought you did. They, they drop one on you. You know. Well, that's the reason. I mean, the reason all three of the other Jones films are in my top twenty, but no, no James Bond films are in there. It's all right. Moon Moonraker will be in a top three. <laughs> a future kill. Yeah. And I think we should be right there. Yeah. Right then. So the top two 
Um, I don't think it's going to be a great surprise to you, Gareth, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So at number two, we're going back to Star Wars and it's The Empire Strikes Back. Number one, I'm going to do it as a double whammy right now. It's A New Hope. So the first two Star Wars films, and that could swap quite easily. The first two Star Wars films are my one and two. I'm, as I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because we wax lyrical about the merits of these two films in a or star, star Wars countdown. But, you know, this for me is two of the films that made me fall in love with film, really. And that watching the original Star Wars film on ITV for the very first time. And I found out October 1982 was the first time ITV showed Star Wars. So I would have been five. Yeah. Not long started school, completely yeah. into school. And mum let me watch. It was on a Sunday for some strange reason. Wow. Um, yeah, but I bet, I bet it raked in about 40 million people watching. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, mum let me stay up and watch it. And we sat there and watched it. And when you even on a square screen TV, which we would have had back in back then, and probably what probably no more than a 24 inch screen, <laughs> which probably seemed big at the time. The yeah. um, that that um, spaceship coming over, and like I was saying, like any the best films have you hooked straight off. That had me hooked straight away, and that's. It's an unbelievable set of films, one of the best sequels of all time. Um, I, I went um, in 2019, my wife and I went to see Empire Strikes Back at the Royal Albert Hall with a live orchestra. Um, and that score has got to be, I know we were saying how good is, is John Williams' score in E.T., but I tell you, that score for the Empire Strikes Back is very close to being just as good. It's an amazing score. Um so uh, yeah, they're my first two. I love Star Wars; it's always been my favourite thing. Those those original trilogy for me is almost a perfect trilogy. Exciting, everything that you want from it, um, and it even makes me always hopeful for every Star Wars film that comes out. And it always makes me, um, and I'm not down on Star Wars. A lot of people are now, but I'm not. I still enjoy Star Wars. I still get excited about a new film. I still see the positive in Star Wars. I still see the positive in the prequels. The latest ones, the TV series. I was very skeptical about having Star Wars as a TV series because um, I think I always thought Star Wars should be at the big screen. Star Wars is Star Trek. Star Wars yeah. is Star Trek. Of, of, Star Trek is you know, the small screen. Star Wars is with the big screen. Um, but, yeah. I, but The Mandalorian is a great TV series. It feels like the way the season two ended was... Yeah, amazing. So, you know, for better or for worse, I think Star Wars is going to be on the small screen for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's the the Rogue Squadron film is set for 2023. Yes, where Patty yeah. Jenkins directed, director. Yeah. So, um, you know, she's a great director. Those two, yeah. especially the first Wonder Woman film. Well, I can both, to be honest, but especially the first Wonder Woman film is really good. So, there's any positive things that you can hope from that. Um, but yeah, as I say, I'm not going to talk too much about Star Wars because we do talk about it in our podcast. And I'd like to all to be able to listeners to be able to tune into that where we Gareth and I count down uh, do our ranking of the Star Wars film. So mm. yeah, number one, A New Hope, the original Star Wars. Number two, The Empire Strikes Back. That's my top ten, and uh, we're going to now move to yours. Uh, my number ten. Uh, we'll start off straight into the top ten. Um, with 
the film that I think is the greatest sequel ever made. Okay. Uh, it's not Wayne's World 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, well, I think that's a much underrated sequel. Yes. But no, it, uh, it is Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Many a.k.a. the greatest sequel ever made. And um, many people would agree with you. And it's one of those films that really, after this, is like, why do they still keep bothering to make Terminator films? Because well, after these, after those two, the first two, there is any point. I really enjoy, I mean, you know, th- the third one's was crap. Uh, yeah. the, you know, Salvation was pretty awful. I really liked Genesis. I thought yeah. some of the ideas in Genesis were great. Um, I didn't mind it all that much, to be honest. I mean, you know, I, I, I had zero expectation, but you know, um, I, I thought, you know, I mean, now, you know, with I can't remember what the last one was called, where Linda Hamilton dark, came dark out. Dark Fate. Oh, dark, yeah, nah. I mean, the yeah, thing. I think the problem is a little bit with these things is what more can you do with it apart from having someone yeah. stalk someone and they tried to do something different with salvation actually set it in the time yeah and it wasn't really yeah. and I, so yeah. those ideas were good but it just wasn't yeah. executed that well but yeah. this film I think it's I think you're, I think it's far superior to the first one and at that time yeah. the special effects uh, were mine I still think I still think the special effects stand up yeah, yeah it's good. Much, it's you, good. Know, you know and I think um it's it's pretty much like the perfect kind of chase movie because yeah. the whole thing two plus hours of it is it's just it's just a, a chase yeah you know and it and you know i remember seeing it i, I didn't see it in the cinema because it was um 91 it was a, yeah, yeah was it a 15 it would have been yeah yeah, yeah for, some, for some reason my laser disc copy uh, is an ace pin. I don't know what. Really? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a UK laser disc. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got the um, it's got the making of Terminator Two on like the extra disc. It's, is it the extended um, version? It is the extended version, which but I none of the, it's better. Which yeah, I no, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, but I mean, you know, I I, I remember um, a guy I was at school with. I just started at um, so I moved secondary schools. I started at a school in Neely. And uh, I met a guy there who's still a really good friend of mine now, Trevor. And I remember one of the first things he said to me was like, "Do you fancy coming over after school to watch Terminator 2? Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, yes, please, <laughs> yes, please." I was, you know, um, I, I'd seen the first one on. I mean, I, I'd we'd spoken about Movie Drone before. Yeah, uh, I'd seen the first Terminator on Movie Drone late one night on BBC Two, and I was so excited to see this. And the the whole bit of like where um, the T one uh, thousands, you like w- when they're in the shopping mall and they're in the video arcade. From that yeah. bit on, t- and then the tanker chase with yeah. uh, with uh, with uh, with Arnie on the bike and stuff. That whole bit where they're going down the the flood defences in LA, yeah. unbelievable. And I yeah. still get a proper like fizzy rush yeah. when I whenever I watch this film. And I think it's it's got you know Linda um, yeah Linda yeah Linda Hamilton, Hamilton um, yeah. you know she's the way her character changed between yeah. the first one and this one, yeah. uh, you know, all the scenes when she's in the, um, I don't know what, what you'd call it. I suppose well, she's the, in the mental asylum. Really, yeah. Yeah. Was, the nut house, would have yeah. Called it then. yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, those whole scenes are just, you know, unbelievable. And, and, and the doctors comes back from the first one again. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice bit of continuity. I think Eddie Furlong, obviously this is the film that kind of, well, it made him and kind of broke him really because yeah, he never did anything yeah, remotely close to it again. But he was, he's, he's a revelationist. Yeah, I think he was good. brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. 
And uh, I, I love the way that um, uh, the Guns N' Roses song "You Could Be Mine" is used on the boombox when they're on the when they're yeah. on the dirt bike and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliantly done. Um, it's just a perfect, perfect popcorn movie. You know, Arnie's best film. I mean, you know, that might be an interesting future episode. Counting down our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger films because this this was in the middle of that run. Yeah, like, it was, you know, yeah. Commando, Predator, Twins, yeah. Raw Deal. Terminator. I can remember watching. Um, I can remember watching Total Recall around your yeah. house. I've never seen oh, that before. Great film, great. I remember watching just, that. Just just missed out on my top twenty. And I think um, Commando was probably mm. the first eighteen I ever saw around the friend yeah. another friend's house. Yeah. I think that was probably the first eighteen I saw. And you know, you were saying about you and your friend. I, I think we did a similar thing. Me and my friend rented out Terminator 2 because we've got, obviously yeah. we didn't see it in the cinema yeah, I can't yeah. remember if I'd, I've got this feeling I saw Terminator 2 before the first one I might be wrong there mm, mm. Um, but um, but yeah I've always thought it was a, it's a fantastic fantastic yeah. and, and often with James Cameron films these the yeah. extended versions are actually oh, better yeah very true like Aliens true. which is another yeah. which is another um Contend for best sequel of all time. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. I'd agree with that. The Abyss, the Abyss has got a really oh, good extended yeah, version. Yeah, the extended version. I haven't seen the Avatar extended version, but uh, no. but I mean, it's, the problem is with James Cameron, we've lost him a little bit to the world of Avatar. And Unfortunately, I actually so. don't. I, I actually don't mind the film Avatar. I I don't think right. I love. It. I don't love it, but I don't mind no. it. Um, and also Titanic is one of those films that I always sort of poo pooed, but then when I watch it. I actually yeah. always do really enjoy it. Well, yeah, I'm just waiting for the boat to, to hit the iceberg and then it gets good. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. you know, I've no interest in the in the love story, really, you know, and all that. Um, it started a bit of a phase of those type of films. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I, I, I remember... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, I remember all that... Because, you know, Titanic took years to make. Yeah. And I always remember reading all the stuff in Empire and Neon... Do you remember Neon Magazine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember all these like reports of like, you know, it's way over budget. You know, it was meant to have come out a year ago and it's going to be the biggest flop of all time. Well, you know, why well, you always take critics' yeah. points of view with you, a pinch I of salt. You, you ne- that, never, that discount, never discount James Cameron. You can't no, because he, ha- no. he he taps into something the audience yeah, want to does. see. He um, does. He, 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 yeah, it was something I was gonna I was gonna say about Cameron. He, you know, he does incredible kind of special effects laden movies, but they actually have a bit of kind of heart and soul to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a human element in all of them. Yeah. You know, even in even in Terminator Two, I think yeah. there's you know a human element. You know, it's the same with Avatar. You know, who I mean, when that came out, you sort of it always surprises me that is which is now it's now gone back to be the biggest film of all time. You think really mm. Avatar is the biggest film of all time I know, I know. because not many people turn around and go, you know what? My favorite film is Avatar. Yeah. Uh, people did with Titanic and I know people yeah. uh, male and female not uh, yeah. go to see yeah. Titanic multiple occasions because they wow. loved it. Yeah. There was a guy in my, at uni I went to uni with, lived with us. Yeah. Um, he went to see Titanic four or five times. Wow. He absolutely loved it, and you saw. And he bought. He was like into sort of much more sort of prog rock type bands, but nice. he would. He would. He bought the soundtrack. 
Wow. And all that type of thing. Because the soundtrack went to number one in the album oh, chart. Oh, God, uh, Celine Dion's song was the number yeah. one for weeks. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, it was absolutely massive. It was it was number one for weeks. It's yeah. one of the um, I think Tomorrow Never Dies in the UK was one of the only Bond films not to get, or in America was one of the only Bond films not to go at number one in the box office because yeah. Titanic yeah. was out. It was a juggernaut, um, wasn't it? It was a juggernaut. In, and, and, and the same with Avatar. The same with yeah. Avatar. And you sort of yeah. really, and, and people are sort of already dismissing Avatar too, going, "Well, it's been too long. You know, he's taking too long. You know, yeah. do we need an Avatar?" Two, three, four, or five, and I sort of sit there, think to myself, "Don't discount it. Don't no, discount no. it." Um, you know, no. that might, Avatar Two, Christmas, Christmas, twenty twenty two, might just come out at the right time. We've come out of a yeah. pandemic. Yeah. We'll yeah. Be, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be, be starting really coming out there. Yeah. People will be yeah. much more confident, maybe going to the cinema again, yeah. and that might yeah. be the film that brings everybody back yeah. properly. If not, there's, I, mean, there's yeah. I mean, obviously, we never know. We don't know. You can't you can't predict what's happening with this uh, pandemic wise, no, but no. but you know it might just come out at the perfect time, mm. and might, suddenly there's this appetite to see it. I mean, people wanted to see it in 3D when it came out. It yeah. did massive. It did. It was like the, one of the first Hollywood films to do amazingly well in in China and Asia. Mm. Um, so I would not dismiss Avatar two when it comes out. You can't dismiss no. James Cameron. But um, it's a shame that we haven't got other films from him. Because yeah, that's the, that's the thing. That's what I was gonna say. It's just like, yeah, I, I miss. I'm, I'm, you know. I mean, the world, since, at, the world, the world at large is missing James Cameron movies. Well, that came out in '91. Terminator Two, mm, True Lies yeah. came out in '94, Titanic '97, yeah. and Avatar yeah. 2009. So yeah. in the last 30 years, yeah. he's had made four films. Yeah, I know. Um, and three of them came out within six years of each other. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah. you know, it's 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 strange, really. But um, that is an amazing Terminator Two is an amazing film. Robert Patrick, brilliant as the oh, as he's the, great. Yeah. Um, I, I heard I don't know how true this is. It was a movie fact that was on one of the podcasts, other podcasts I was listening to the other day that Billy Idol was originally cast yeah, was. Yeah. and he had yep. a sort of accident. So therefore, yeah. they had to recast, yeah. and they yeah. got Robert Patrick in. I know. But you I could know. not imagine anybody but Robert no. Patrick doing it. No, because no. Robert Patrick is so superb, and I mean, he he's even lampooned that roles in other films. Yeah. There's a, he has a walk on a last action hero, he Wayne's yeah. World. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a few other, a few other bits and bobs as well. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, a great film, great sequel. The first one's great as well. And yeah. I think yeah. it's. I think the problem with the Terminator, much like the Alien franchise, I don't think there's any that that much appetite from an audience for Terminator films anymore or Alien no. films anymore. No. And the problem no. is they keep trying to make them and they just don't do that well because just people yeah. are bothered. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they're going to do another Terminator. And I think that's it. I think. And I think it. the problem is, and Alien and Terminator, very similar franchises in, yeah. in respect of they've got these first two films that are absolutely amazing, amazing yeah. and really. Yeah that's it that should not yeah. have been touched after that um and then they kept trying to bring them back but maybe waiting too long in between them before bringing it back again and and it just doesn't yeah. work uh, or and not having the original people involved making them yeah. um yeah. and it just doesn't work but terminator 2 judgment day you're right it's one of the best sequels of all time mm. um number nine number nine checks list <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what is my there. number nine? What is my number nine? Ah, yes. Um, 
talking about perfect popcorn movies, this is one that holds particular kind of relevance to you and me because uh, we both saw it in the cinema at the same time uh, back in 1990, checks the back of it, 93, I think. Okay. And um, yeah, and yeah, just perfect, perfect popcorn movie. And I don't know how many hundreds of times I'll see it. I still get so much out of it. Is speed? Yes, I knew it was going to be. And you know, Follow- I think you, I think you and I wanted to go and see something else. Yeah, we and did. The times, we and did. The, I can't yeah. remember what film it was, but the no, times didn't fit, no. so we said, "Oh, we'll go and see Speed instead." And we thought it, it was, we thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I remember when we came out. I remember we looked at each other and we were like, this, I just remember like when we came out of the cinema, we just looked at each other and went, "That was brilliant." Yeah, yeah. You know, to, you know. Dennis Hopper chewing the scenery off, you know, one of the most maniacal, insane, brilliant villains of all that time. Was a, that was one of his, that was in his phase of always playing villains phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Yeah. Waterworld. Yeah. Am I missing one? I must, I think I must be yeah, missing one. Yeah, there was one. another, there was another. Um, and, you know, Keanu, you know, because at the time, you know, Keanu Reeves wasn't known as an action man at all you know he, really? you know it was it was like coming off the back of obviously it was very well known for bill and ted uh he'd done parenthood i think my private idaho with the point river break, phoenix point break had come uh, point break yeah point break i suppose yeah yeah point break but then it was just you know full-on 90s action hero yeah and again it's such a genius simple idea yeah put a bomb on a bus the bus goes over 55 miles an hour. The bomb's set. The bomb. The bus goes under 55 miles an hour. The bus blows up. What do yeah. you do? Really? You know the the quotable lines. Everything. You know that uh, focus, Jack. Do not attempt to grow a brain. Um, and like yeah, um, Jeff Daniels as well is brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. Sandra Bullock. This was kind of yeah. her calling card, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. She's done Demolition you know, Man. She done Demolition Man just before. But oh, was it just before? Oh, yeah, yeah, but you know. but yeah. that. That was it was a co-star role with Sylvester sort of, sort of Stone, but it wasn't. Yeah, Demolition yeah. Man's a strange film, so it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, this, I, kinda, I always kind of had a soft spot for this, Demolition This Man. was the one that made her an yeah. absolute, yeah. you know, superstar. And I, you know, and, and, and again, it was just that 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 rush of of seeing this sort of film on the big screen. Yeah. It, I think it's I think the action it, it's brilliantly shot. Yeah. You know, you even believe that that bus can jump over that gap of, <laughs> of the freeway that hadn't been built yet. It's not too you know? long. The film ain't too no, long. As well, no, it's, um, it's know, got that, again, it's, that, it's, it's got that diehard concept. Yeah, um, later yeah, diehard has got took got rid of. Uh, yeah, that was that you yeah. know in that sort of confined area. Yeah, yeah. Space. You know, um, but 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 it, like you say, yeah, it, it, it riffs off a lot of films, obviously, but. There's this, like you say, it's just, it's 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 just a thriller condensed on a bus. You know, in theory, that sounds like the most boring yeah. thing imaginable because you know we all travel on buses. It's not the most yeah. exciting thing in the world to do. <laughs> um, I try and avoid it as much as I can. To be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I, the the end scene on the uh, on the subway system is brilliantly done. Um, even even the opening. You know the way the way the credits roll up through yeah. the elevator shaft. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that done before. Yeah. You know, we were we, we were what like fourteen, fifteen at the time, yeah, I yeah. think. And you know, 
it's it's literally non-stop from the second the credits roll yeah. it's like right bang it just it does not let off until and the then end you think credits. it's finishing yeah and then they have another sort of chase on yeah. a subway train yeah you're on the, so on the subway it's, train, uh, yeah so no, it's a it's a great film. Speed let down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the sequel. Let, let, we were talking about the greatest sequel of all time. Let's talk about the worst sequel of all time. Oh, Speed Two Cruise Control. I think it came Ke- in that. Keanu, Keanu Reeves was a smart man. Yeah. He turned it down because yeah. they tried to get him. Yeah. You know. And well, Jason, the Jason Patrick character was more or less looked like him, didn't it? But well, I think yeah. it came in that year, ninety, was it around that time when some ninety five films. Yeah really poor um, yeah well you know it came out, i think it came out the same summer as die hard with avengers yeah so, yeah, uh, no, yeah so. that's really good. but uh yeah speed's a great film and yes we did it's, see that it, amongst amongst others last action hero groundhog we day did. we went to see yeah, we did. Is it true lies together I um maybe um, i know there, there was quite hard. i remember yeah. seeing die hard with avengers we saw yeah. quite a few over the years yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah one, one, one or two one or two and, it, and again it's just that you know, you look at a lot of kind of like 90s action movies, like like Speed, like, I don't know, Passenger 57, stuff yeah. like that, right? All the fat is trimmed off. They're 90 minutes. They're snappy, punching, yeah. not a wasted moment. Not, you know, it's keep that adrenaline level up. Yeah. More, 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 yeah. more. And I kind of wish that someone would make films like that again. I'm not saying all films. Yeah. You know, um, I, they could have, you know, I, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, but I do like the, the the kind of, you know, the rubbish that Liam Neeson has been doing over the last 10 years. I've really enjoyed them nonstop, you know, die hard on a plane and all that, you know, and, and the one he did on a train, that was really good. Commuter, which I actually watched yeah, not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, 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 commuter, I really enjoyed the commuter. Unknown. And, all you, know, those unknown you know, taken, obviously, yeah. you know, you know, and, they kind of come from the same kind of place as this, but yeah. again, they're too long. They're over two hours. Yeah. These, those those sort of dumb popcorn movies like that should be an hour and a half max. Yeah. You yeah. know, and they, they could learn a lot from these sort of films. And yeah, yeah, yeah they could. I, no, I, you know, it, you know, th- these kind of films are more than nostalgia for me. I just, I get such a buzz. Yeah, well, even yeah. now, I get a buzz out of watching them. They're just good stuff. fun, man. Brilliant. They're all good fun. And I would say probably years if we would. If I'd done this this list in 94, 95, I think Speed <laughs> yeah. would, def- would have been there. Yeah, Speed yeah. would definitely be there. And it yeah, would have been, yeah. you know, if I did a massive list of 50, whatever, which you could could do if you had the time, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it would be in there because it's a great action film. Speed, yeah. So. yeah, it's wonderful. So what's your number eight? Uh, all right, changing tack completely. Oh. Uh, we have from, uh, I think it was 2008, uh, the big Oscar winner that year. Uh, and my my sole DVD choice. Wow, there you go. <laughs> we have No Country for Old Men. Yes, great film. Great. Oh, film. Ju- just yeah, unbelievable. I'd read um I'd read the book, the Cormac McCarthy book. I'm a big yep. Cormac McCarthy fan. I'd read it a couple of years beforehand, and I read somewhere that they were making a film of it. It was going to have mm-hmm. Tom Lee Jones, Jan- uh, Josh Brolin. I thought fantastic. Um and. I, you know, and there was another name that I'd never heard of. It was Javier Bardem. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I saw pictures of him in Empire with, you know, the scariest haircut known to man. Mm. Um, and, yeah, probably the most brutal assassin ever in yeah. any film. That opening scene, where, you know, um, 
you know, where he's in the back of the police car and, you know, in the police station and, you know, like chokes the guy with his handcuffs and it, just, just the whole, it, I love the way it's films like almost like, like a, like, almost like an old school kind of grand Hollywood epic. Yeah. The deserts have never looked so kind of, I don't know, grimly, be- yeah, remote yeah, yeah, yeah. grimly yeah. beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, th- and that absolute feeling of utter dread through yeah. the film. And it just gets ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. Um, you know, the, the whole bit where he finds, um, where he finds the, um, uh, like the four by four vans, you know, the car, the off-road mm. vehicles in the fields. Uh, and then he finds that, you know, the last man standing brings him, you know, goes home and then brings him the water. And then, you know, out of nowhere, there's like gunshots and they're chasing him through the dark, that whole scene, but they're chasing yeah. him through the dark, it jumps in the water and the dog comes after him and stuff. I was absolutely gripped. I remember going to see it at um, uh, the Little Art Cinema in Cambridge. Um, I was a member of it back then. Uh, saw an advanced showing and just being absolutely just gripped solid for the two and a half hours. And I think it it's... ends perfectly. Uh, I think it's cast perfectly. Um, you know, deservedly won all the Oscars. It's not my favourite Coen Brothers film. Spoiler. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those if you I'm, I'm sure if you if you'd read the book and were a fan of the book and you knew the yeah. Owen brothers were gonna make it, yeah. you'd sort of yeah. think to yourself, actually this is gonna be this is yeah. in safe hands. Yeah, this is a very safe hands. It's 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 a it's a weird book because it's such a like it's a wonderfully kind of descriptive book. Because I mean like in the film, there's there isn't much dialogue at all, mm. you know. And it's like that in the book. They've almost taken it verbatim, kind of shot for shot, like page yeah. to page, you know. Brilliantly done. Um but like the descriptive kind of prose that Cormac McCarthy uses, you can almost kind of see it in your head. And the way I kind of imagined it when I read it, the way the Coen brothers did it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, they, they did. They did an absolutely perfect job. And I think just again, so many kind of iconic scenes, the bit where uh, Javier Bardem's character is in the service station where he's doing the, the where he's flipping the coin with, the, with the, yeah. the, the attendant, like, you know, call it, just call it, you know. Um, and, also, you know, uh, the bit where Bardem's character finds him, the, the whole hotel bit where he's pushing the money down the yeah. air ventilation then, you know, so tense, no music. And again, you know, it, you know, on paper, that's not an exciting scene at all. It's just a guy mm. in a hotel room pushing a suitcase down a ventilation shaft. It's not exciting, but it's just wrapped up to the, it's almost got like a, almost like film noir kind of yeah. vibe to a lot of it as well. Yeah. And it, again, it was, um, I've done how many times I've seen, I'm, I'm, you know, thoroughly deserves, you know, the four Academy, was it best picture, best directors, um, and yeah, best supporting actor, Javier Bardem, also yeah. that put him on, on the map. Yeah. He's good at playing yeah. baddies, isn't he? Oh my goodness me! <laughs> probably he's probably my favourite Bond baddie. Yeah. I think. No, I think. he is good in that. He's good in that. that. That whole that single take long introduction yeah. scene where he's walking from out of focus. Yeah, no, he's good know, in that. He gives it. Done. He gives. Um, it's unusual for a Bond villain. He gives him a bit of personality. Yeah, a bit of gravitas. A bit of yeah, difficult task, really, because yeah, Bond baddies are just there often to be baddies, really, most of the time. They're just baddies. Yeah. But yeah. 
No, no, it's a it's a great film in a country from me. I've only ever seen it yeah. once, so it's one I'll have to uh, revisit yeah. uh, at some point. Yeah, I, I try and like like sp- like like kind of sparingly watch it because it's always like it's always on my list. If we're ever like, oh, what should we watch? I'll always say No Country for Old Men. I try and just like you know, No Country for Old Men, you know. <laughs> um, and, and then you know, I, I, maybe, you know, twice a year, and I'll, yeah. I'll just watch it, no distractions. I'm just like, yeah. It's pretty much perfect. Yeah. And if you, you know, I could have put it much higher. You know, it's it, from now, these films are kind of into very yeah, much kind of, we're in 10 out of 10 is, level for me. Now, it's very they're all 10 out of 10 classics now. Doing now a top on. 10. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. so let's move on to your number seven. Uh, my number seven is, uh, we're on to good old VHS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, from 1980. Uh, don't know how familiar you'll be w- with this movie, but um, this is my favourite. This is uh, my favourite Al Pacino movie. Okay. Uh, directed by William Freakin, aka the greatest director of all time. Okay. In my humble opinion. Um, much derided at the time, like a lot of Freakin films over the years, has kind of been reassessed and is yeah. now acknowledged as an absolute cult classic. It is 1980s. You can see that cruising. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen this one. It's a bit of a heavy one. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, kind of, it's based on um, true stories. Um, Al Pacino plays a cop. Yeah. Um, who goes uh undercover in the kind of heavy leather S and M, uh, gay underworld mm-hmm. in New York to find a serial killer, who's been targeting gay men and kind of you know the, the title cruising comes from you know how you you would go and pick up a guy in a yeah. park you're cruising yeah, yeah. you know yeah. um and it's i it was a film i'd heard about i think it was banned for a while in this country right um uh i know it was certainly it was it was on the verge of being banned in america mm-hmm. unless they took out some of the kind of filth so to yeah. speak yeah. more kind of explicit stuff yeah you know? you know some of it is still there but it's more kind of suggestive yeah you know you know if you've got a couple of brain cells you know what's going mm-hmm. on um but I, i'd heard about this film i'd read some articles and stuff um about it's the only film that pacino just doesn't like he's not comfortable talking about it even oh. now and I always remember Mark Kermo talking about it. He would always go on about, you know, he's a massive, cruising, freak, massive, massive, freaking massive freaking fan. fan. Um, and he would go on about, you know, cruising all the time, cruising. Mm-hmm. And he would be sort of, you know, yeah. a lone guy on the top of that yeah. hill, waving that flag on cruising. It. Um, and I managed to find a copy online and, and kind of streamed it years ago. Now yeah. and I, was, I just remember watching it going, wow, that's, I'm like, I think that's amazing, but I don't know why. I'm going to need to watch it again. I, and then I managed to, um, I don't know, it was about 15 years ago now. I think like a, a deluxe DVD edition came out with documentaries and commentaries yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I had a massive uh, article about it in Empire. I bought that yeah. Empire. I bought the DVD and stuff. And it was kind of sort of like devouring as much info as I could find about like the real life killings and stuff yeah. on, on online and stuff. And uh, kind of got a bit obsessed with it for one summer, like, and was kind of recommending it to lots of people. Mm. So have you heard of this film? And they were like, no, I've never heard it. Or they have heard of it. They never watched it. I was like, just watch yeah. it. I'd be really interested to know what you think of it. 
Uh, and then I went to see Kermode when he was doing uh, one of his book tours right. a few years ago. And like, afterwards, he was doing um, like a signing session for the mm-hmm. book. Uh, bought the book and uh, got to the queue, in front of the queue, you know, hi, Mark, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, sign it for, you know, Gaz yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to say to you, um, thank you very much for introducing me to cruising, yeah. you know. Which, <laughs> so he, he had a little laugh. I was like, I didn't mean it to sound like that, but you know, <laughs> you know so, but, um, um, but in the book, you wrote too, Gaz, carry on cruising. <laughs> you know and we ended up having like a, a ten, that's a whole that's different about, film that's i know right yeah 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 one of the lost classics of the <laughs> carry-on movies um but there was about i don't know 20 30 people queuing behind me we, we ended up we were just chatting about freaking for about 10 15 minutes i could hear people tutting behind me because it was getting late by this point you yeah. know i was just like yeah man, i'm just having a chat with all my heroes you know um but yeah, it's it's it, it's dark, it's gnarly, it's very real. It's got that classic kind of like freaking almost documentary style, yep. you know, all filmed on location, you know, in these kind of like night in these kind of like S and M nightclubs in the yep. old meatpacking district and stuff yep. in in New York in the late seventies. Um, very re- a wonderful, wonderful kind of almost ambiguous ending. Yeah, you know, wonderful and. Obviously, you know, you obviously haven't seen it. No, I was, you know, I have if, heard of it. You, you've heard of it. I, I, you know, please, please watch it. I'd be really interested to know yeah, what, what you I'll, think of it because I think it's absolutely fantastic. He's, and as a side note, how many times do you think Al Pacino has played a cop? Once or twice. <laughs> he's good. He's good at it though. To be I fair, know, he's good at it. Heat. He's, come on. What a film? Um, yeah. uh, sea of Love. That's a good film. Yeah, Sea of Love. Yeah. Ooh-ha! Um, insomnia, he's a cop in insomnia, isn't he? He is a cop in insomnia, yeah. Uh, Serpico, he's a cop in it. Uh, oh, it's a great film, great film. Carlito's okay. Way, he's Carlito's, Carlito's Way. way. Uh, yeah, Carlito's Way, yeah, yeah. He's oh, he's, great, he's, he's, he's a bloody great actor. Yeah. What's the, uh, Don, Donnie Brasco, Donnie Brasco, what a film! Hey. Oh, yeah, he's a cop yeah. in that, isn't he? No, no, no. He's like a no, no. A Johnny Depp's the undercover cop. Oh, right. I thought they were yeah. both. I, I, I forgot. They thought they were both cops. But he's mm. so funny how he became sort of shouty Al Pacino. Yeah, I know. I know. From Dick Tracy onwards. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tracy to find yeah. the rest of his career. I know. I know. Rob, I know. I'm not going to do the impression, but Rob Bride and the comic Rob Bride. Oh, I know. It's oh, a great impression of how. Yeah. Yeah. Al Pacino used to sound back in his early Godfather days, quite a high pitched sort of, yeah. not slightly quite quiet voice. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then he goes, he wakes up at, and overnight he suddenly yeah. becomes this shouty, deep voice. <laughs> um, no, he's great, Al Pacino. <laughs> Everything he's in. So yeah, that's one I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to check out. Yeah. And uh, as I say, uh, freaking uh, is um, obviously a big. Big one of yours. Have yeah, you got any more? Huge. Are you allowed to spoil? Have you got any more more freaking to come? Uh, no more freaking. Wow. But there was there was many bubbling under. I think if I did this list next week, I was, wondering, probably, whether, I was wondering whether the yeah. good old Exorcist might make its way. Uh, no, the Exorcist isn't in there. I do like the Exorcist, um, but there are much better freaking films like To Live and uh, To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah. Is amazing. Sorcerer is incredible. Sorcerer is incredible. That's the other one that Mark Mode talks about a lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And again, I dug that out online years ago after yeah. appearing, you know, yeah. Mark Kermode going on it. And oh my, wow, what a film! Because um, yeah. 
in in uh, part one, part one podcast, you were talking about French Connection, um, and actually, I um, found French Connection one and two are on Disney Plus. Wonderful, good sequel, very good sequel. It's very technically, good sequel. A 20th, it's a twentieth century Fox film, so obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. on, it, they're on they're yeah. on Disney Plus, both one and two are. So I might yeah. at some stage. Uh, yeah, do us do us double header, mate. Yeah, delve yeah, into both. both. Them. I've definitely Fantastic. seen the first one. I can't. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the second. So I'm, I'm second one where it is where, where it go, it goes to Marseille. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I look brilliant. Absolutely seeing. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, is that your number seven, wasn't it? Uh, that was my number seven. So number six. Number six. All right. Here we go. Number six from 1994. Possibly the kind of, I don't know, one of those quintessential films of the 90s, one of the most quotable films of all time. Um, do you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in Paris? <laughs> they got the metric system. Pulp, Pulp fiction. Yeah. Pulp fiction. It wonderful. is an amazing film. I, wonderful, I, wonderful film. Tarantino's best. I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> we'll I see. Think, personally, I think it is. Personally, yeah. I think it is. I've always been a bit. I, I've always had a, a soft spot for Kill Bill, volume, especially Volume One. Yeah, but, Volume One is amazing. Um, I, I, I think Pulp Fiction is his, mm. is his best. I think um, it just got everything that he was about into that into that film mm. and because so much happens in it it doesn't feel too long i do feel that um later tarantino more current tarantino mm. they could do with a somebody editing a few bits out uh, and editor you, on that. You, you say that i i always whenever someone brings that up i always <laughs> have to i always have to disagree i can go unchained could have done with the last 20 minutes taken uh, off Maybe you know pe- people say once you know once upon a time in Hollywood could be edited. I thought once upon a time in Hollywood no, was I, absolutely fantastic. I agree. I I, th- I thought once upon a time was absolutely fine. I think the, the two that I had probably had the most most issues with was Django Unchained, as I mm. thought the last twenty minutes could have probably need it, and mm. and the Hateful Eight, where yeah. where yes, you when you're shooting, like he has shot, he he, he shoots in that very wide screen. Yeah. which you would do for a Western yeah. proper. And you sort of think, oh, this is going to be an absolute epic Western. But really the only part of that film outside is the mm. first 20 minutes and everything else yep. is in that cabin. Yeah. And yeah. I sort of think, well, it's a bit of a waste of filming in that grand scope. And mm. it, it, I just feel the hate. I enjoy the hate. I, don't get me wrong. I don't yeah. think there's any of his films I dislike, but yeah. I do think Django and Chain Hate for that could have just, done with a little bit of trimming um yeah. but once upon a time hollywood uh glorious bastards yeah. farm of the length yeah, obviously Kill Bill is two. death yeah. proof is probably it won't death, well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I again i have a soft sort of death proof i prefer death proof in its original form the way it should have been originally coming out as grindhouse because yeah. yeah. it was like it was like 80 minutes long yeah you know, and then when they did it as two separate films, he did it as like it was two hours long. Yeah. That's the only one I'm like, mm. you know, but I still enjoyed it because it riffs on a lot of my kind of yeah, films yeah, that yeah. I love. It, it, it's a massive riff on Vanishing Point, yeah. which is one of the best kind of 70s road movies. Barry yeah. Newman in the desert. Absolutely yeah. just incredible. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Grindhouse. I, I'd seen Grindhouse in its original kind of 
yeah. way it was, like someone had a copy. Uh, and then I was gutted when I found out they were going to be doing it as two separate films in this country. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I, th- I think Prince Charles Cinema have kind of shown it in its original form, but yeah. they yeah. haven't managed to get down. But I was just remember being really disappointed at the time. But, you know, growing up with Tarantino, I remember seeing Reservoir Dogs, someone had a copy of it, you know, yeah. a video in... Um, 1993 I thought it yeah. was absolutely fantastic brilliant you know I it was it, you know, kind of getting into like Kevin Smith early Kevin Smith and early Tarantino at the same sort of time I was just like I can't believe people write films like this yeah. you know this kind of like snappy kind of pop culture dialogue yeah, yeah. you know referencing all these things you know you know yeah, such a good cast people. such a very yeah, cast yeah, very cast of you know, newer people, like, but, yeah, but also but, older actors. Yeah, and... he had that genius thing of like, you know, who else in 1994 was going to go, yeah, I'm going to cast John Travolta in my next movie. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to be one of the leading actors. Yeah. And he'll be nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah. What? And, back, and, and John resurrected Travolta, John Travolta's career for a good yeah, yeah, well, until Battlefield Earth, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his own um, but, but he did. Yeah, John well, Travolta yeah, was yeah. a, you know, yeah. from then for Huge. about five or six years, yeah, was like yeah. a, a top. No, no, totally. And, you know, you, you talk about like set, you know, soundtracks almost being like an integral part to a movie. This yeah. was the first time where I became kind of aware of how important like a, a jukebox soundtrack of classic yeah. tunes picked, the perfect song picked for the perfect scene, how important the right music can be for a scene how it can yeah. completely change a scene and it was i think it was i remember buying the soundtrack um a big absolutely obsessed with it you know the way you know the opening kind of scene obviously iconic with you know tim roth and stuff you know yeah. um you know i'll, I'll execute every mother effing last one of yeah, you and all that yeah, yeah. And the way it freezes and then yeah. dick dale down 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 you know and then and then you hear like the radio kind of tuning and it goes to jungle boogie and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's, you know the way the kind of film isn't linear it's almost yeah. edited wrong yeah you know the start of the film is the end yeah you know um and it, just quotable line upon quotable line upon quotable line you know this is why you know it's because of this film that Samuel L. Jackson will always get a pass for me, even though he's done a lot of rubbish. You know, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, with know. Samuel Jackson does so many films that you get yeah, rubbish and good stuff. So yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think also, I mean, the the along with Train Spotting, you know, everybody at uni had a, had a load of people you'd had either the soundtrack and a poster of it. Poster, all think, of them, I, and the video. <laughs> I think I I think I first saw Pulp Fiction. I think someone at school lent me the video. I think it yeah. was something like that. I, 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 I can remember watching it on video. Um, I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it on video. So, um, and it's it's an amazing film, as I say, perfectly cast, loads of great people in it. Um, great soundtrack. It's almost the actual whole film, like you say, it's edited wrong. It's almost edited a bit like a mixtape. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Goes know, all over the place. Goes all, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is great. Uh, Bruce mm. um, Bruce Willis is great. Good in oh, it. Brilliant. You know. Brilliant in it. Um, Bing Rhames, you know, yeah. that stuff Bing Rhames has done since then, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, and then, and then it's, in it as well, you sort of, you forget of people that are in it, and then you watch it, and you go, I recognise them from that, you know, yeah. and then, oh, it's them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a brilliant film, and I, I, I do think, personally, I think yeah. it's, it's, it holds, still is his best one. Um, yeah, Pulp Fiction, 
There's not much more you could say about it. And I think well, no, you know, when I talk know, about the Shawshank Redemption, it was in yeah. a very a very big, a very sort of quality year for films that night. It was. So it was a good year. Mad year. So I think we're in your big top five. Uh, yeah, straight in at number five, we have the Coen Brothers masterwork for me personally. And if you disagree, you're wrong. It's Fargo. Oh, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the Big Lebowski. Uh, I'm not a big Lebowski fan. Oh, I thought it was going to be the I Big think, I think I think I think it's heinously overrated. Oh, I don't, wow. It's not bad, but I I I nah, nah give me. I forgot about me, Fargo, of course. Fargo, Fargo yes. you know. Um, yeah, just a wonderful kind of mix of like mirth and malice. Yeah, you know, I. I Probably my all-time favourite tagline: "A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere." Yeah, Frances you know. McDormand is always yeah. everything she's, she's always in. Always, it doesn't matter what she, she's. Oh. If she turns in up in one of the Transformers films. I think it's the third one. I think yeah. it's the third. Yeah. And she's yeah. good in that. You know, when he's like, it's just like yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's almost yeah. famous. She's brilliant as yeah. the as yeah. um as the mum in it. And yeah. this is the this is the one that sort of really made her. Yeah, well I mean, she, she, she she was in she was in the Cumber Brothers' first film, Blood Simple. Yeah, she's kind of the main character in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, she won the Oscar for yeah. for Fargo, yeah, remember, you know, yeah. deservedly so as the pregnant um copper. And yeah, you know, Steve Buscemi, unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> I think what's, also about, what's also good about the Coen Brothers films is they're never they're never too long. No, either. they're no, just long no. enough. You again, know, this is, not, this is nice. This is ninety eight minutes, and yeah. again, I, I don't think a moment is wasted. You know, William H Macy, one of those great journeyman actors. They're always yeah. good at what they do. Yeah. You know, even in Jurassic, was it Jurassic Park 2? Part he was three, in all, three. Part 3, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just a great journeyman actor. But I think him as him as Jerry Lundegaard, as the as, as the used car salesman, who was up to his neck in, yeah. in this. It's it's so, it's that classic Coen Brothers thing. It's hilariously funny one second. Yeah. And then just ridiculously kind of, horribly violent the next yeah, yeah do you know what i mean um and so good they made a tv series which is supposed to be i know good. yeah I it, it, yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad is I, the tv I, series a sequel to the film or is the tv series his own thing oh it's his own thing yeah yeah it's his own thing um but yeah it's just you know the way it just starts with like you know a simple investigation of like a roadside murder and you know the whole kind of secret kidnapping of um uh, jerry lundegaard's wife you know and you know to claim the money and, mm. and, and it's and how it just, the whole trail just gets bloodier and bloodier and more kind of just yeah. comedically kind of yeah. darker and messed up i think and, and, and francis mcdormand's character she's one of those characters that you would have loved to have seen in another film Oh because gosh, she's, yeah. she's no, almost yeah. like a cop. Almost, a, she's a little bit more like a detective in it. Yeah, yeah. She always, she's not. She always sort of makes out. She has that sort of slight Columbo element. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's sort so of, true. She's sort yeah. of pretending that she's a bit. She doesn't really know what she's doing, but she's a bit. She's actually one step ahead of everybody else. Always, always. Yeah, yeah. Columbo is a really good comparison. I was thinking kind of like a like a Gerard. You know, with with like Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive. Yeah. Obviously, he yeah. he got another. You know, yeah. A, a sequel. And it would have been it would have been nice to see 
you know, I know but, but then again, part of what makes her character so memorable in this yeah. is the fact that she's heavily pregnant as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that whole bit, that whole bit where she's just kind of, you know, leaning over. It's like, yeah. you know, you're going no, to no, be, no, be sick again. She's brilliant you know? in it. I'll tell you, there's yeah. another detective that's we've had recently that's a little bit like that, and that's Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc in Knives yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. film. They are it's making another crazy. one of them. Yeah, they are, yeah. It's yeah. that type of, I love that type of well, mm. detective, well, cop, that sort of acts the fool, but yeah. they're actually way yeah. ahead of everybody yeah. else. I, w- I was like Columbo. I was great with Columbo. Yeah. I didn't like I'll, knowing who the murderer was. That was yeah, the that, that was the only thing. It was almost like the first scene <laughs> of any Columbo episode. The first scene was always the murder. Yeah. I was, well, I was, I, I, I I need to find out which episode it was. I remember one episode had Louis Jourdain as the band. William Shatner was one. Yeah, Shatner was on. Yeah, Steven Spielberg did his first directorial stuff. Was Columbo? Yeah, Columbo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's my only problem with Columbo. It's not Peter Falk's Columbo. He's brilliant at it. But I, I I like to have a murder mystery where I don't know who the murderer is. (laughs) Yeah. And that's always was my problem with Columbo. Better way. Well, rest. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a Columbo podcast. You haven't put my favourite film. Columbo at number five, have you? Oh, that's at number four, mate. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, what can you say about the Coen brothers? I mean, you know, Blood Simple, Barton Fink, M- Miller's Crossing, Hudsucker Proxy, yeah. um, you know, No Country for Old Men, Fargo, The Big Lebowski, uh, even their remake of True Grit, I thought was brilliant. No, that is good. You know, yeah. really well done. I re- um, um, oh, what was the last one they did? The kind of uh, the one with um. George Clooney, like the playing, play, you know, the one set in like old school Hollywood doing the yes, Roman. I know the one you mean. I can't remember. Great, really, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it was it. What did it was so simple? Um, <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah, just probably the, some of the most consistently directed films. They, they've not done a bad film, you know. Yes, I, I think Lebowski is overrated, but I don't think it's bad at all. It's, you know, well, a lot um, of people, a lot of people would put that very highly. Who are yeah. Paying it. Yeah, I just think the Big Lebowski gave people a very lazy, fancy dress option. They just turn up to a party in a dressing gown, holding a white Russian, going, yeah, I'm a dude. I think the Big Lebowski was just as well, because it's probably one of the more accessible Coen Brothers films. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. Probably, probably a bit it's lighter than some of the others. So I think that's probably yeah. why it's, it's yeah, always true. got that, true. Got that um, true. Um, myth. I, I don't, I mean, I... Personally, I don't think Coen Brothers films are that difficult to get into, but they do no, have a certain no. style that maybe would put yeah. may, may put some people off. They yeah. never had a they've never had a massive box office hit, really. A couple of them. I think True yeah, Grip yeah. was probably one of their bigger ones, and No yeah. Country for Old Men. But um, yeah. but I think the Big Lebowski might be a bit more accessible, so that's why it's always been yeah. quite high. So No Fargo's a great choice, and um, let's move on to your number four. Number four, okay. Uh, my favourite Tarantino film. <laughs> Disagreeing completely with your choice. <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, 1997. Ooh. Jackie Brown. Yeah, a lot of people are now saying oh, that Jackie Brown underrated at the time. Now, Maybe, basically, people are coming around to my way of thinking. <laughs> Finally, after 24 years. I agree because actually, I was thinking that you might pull out Reservoir Dogs and I actually find Reservoir Dogs a bit overrated it's a great oh, no, film I enjoy it. it's a great film but I would much rather watch there's a lot of other Tarantino films mm. I'll put, yeah. I'd rather watch 
Yeah. And Jackie Brown is one of them. Yeah. It's great. Obviously, you know, it, uh, you know, uh, based on a book, Run Punch by yeah. Elmore Leonard's. Um, and again, he did that master stroke of bringing back someone who hadn't been in a big film for years, Pam yeah. Greer, yeah. you know, Foxy Brown, you know, a legend of kind of 70s exploitation cinema. Yeah. Um, Robert Forster, bringing, you know, Robert Forster, yeah. who won the best supporting actor for this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, journeyman actor. He was in like B movies like Piranha and Alligator yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And he is unbelievable yeah. in this. Yes, yeah. um, Robert Forster, RIP, you know, played a very important character in Breaking Bads, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got some real big actors in it. Like yeah, yeah. You know, hero. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael Keaton, brilliant. He reprises his again. role in Out of Sight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I love the fact that, yeah, it's like Steven Soderbergh and uh, Tarantino films share the same universe. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. But, yeah. De Niro as this kind of like overweight, weed smoking kind of ex-con. Um, I love the way it played. You know, for me, this proves to me, you know, not that I ever thought that Tarantino couldn't direct a movie. You yeah. know, I think this proves to Tarantino haters that he can direct a film yeah. and not every character speaks like Tarantino. Yeah. It's this quite was, a... Te- there's some very was, tender well, this was his, I think this is still his only adaptation of something, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So um, I know Django is sort of a, a remake of Django because yeah. Django yeah. films, but um, yeah. it's his first sort of adaptation of something and it's... Yeah. It, uh, no, it is really good. Bridget Fonda, I mean, what yeah, happened? She's she's lots, what yeah. happened? She retired, I think. She basically yeah, retired. Yeah. Femme Lakita. That was a good film. Yeah. Um, she was in a lot of films, single white female, yeah, Bridget Fonda was female, the yeah. Yeah. at the time she was in a lot of films and um, sort of disappeared, but I'm pretty positive she retired. So mm. it's, um, no, it's a great film and it's got a great cast. One that I, I haven't seen for a long, long while, actually. I must watch it again. I'm going yeah, go to see this in the cinema um, and yeah, just being so excited. Yeah. So I've seen, obviously I've seen Reservoir Dogs, I've devoured Pulp Fiction. I'd even seen some of the films that he wrote scripts for, like Natural Born Killers, Killing Zoe. Yeah. Uh, little, little, true Romance. Yeah, True Romance. That's yeah, the one. highlight of those ones, I think. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good film, True Romance. Um, you know, so I was properly excited to see this. Um, and again, brilliantly chosen jukebox soundtrack, all kind of like 60s and 70s, kind of Motown and soul. Mm-hmm. Very different, you know... Um, you know, perfect for the kind of like sun-kissed mm. way that this, you know, the way it's filmed. Yeah. Um, yeah, Samuel Jackson play, playing a completely different character that he did in Pulp Fiction, just playing this kind of, yeah, like, like a sort of street-tough gun runner, drug runner. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton just, yeah, playing that over, you know. I've never seen Michael Keaton sort of play that kind of like, over-ambitious kind of like cop. I, but he should totally play more roles like that. He's all, I, I tell you, Michael Keaton I think he's a massively under, under, yeah, uh, underrated. underrated. He's oh, always good that. in stuff he does. Always. And uh, all the double crossing and, and, the, and the way that all the storylines kind of tie in at the end, I think it's just brilliantly done. And it's... Uh, and, and then sort of going back and discovering kind of like Pam Greer's kind of earlier career as yeah. a result of this film and reading stuff in Neon Magazine. Neon Magazine are getting a lot of... Uh, a lot, <laughs> 
a lot of kudos tonight considering they only <laughs> ever did about 20 issues of it i tell you if um, this podcast ever popular you, you might get them to might bring them back <laughs> it'd be nice it'd be nice I, I, I better buy the uh the old copies off ebay now while they're still going for a couple of quid then <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty much faultless, and I love the way it plays out. It's like two and a half hours long, and it's just n- nothing's kind of rushed. I think it's perfectly paced. It's amazingly acted, just you know. And I think it's massively, massively. It was massively underrated for years, yeah. and I flew the flag yeah. for years. Everyone would yeah. be like, "No, no, pop fiction, no, no, yeah. I was like, no, man." Jackie Brown. Jackie no, Brown. he's getting he's getting much yeah. more love. He's getting much more love now. So and so it should. Now that was number four. What was number four. So number three, the big top three. There we go. Back into the top into the top three. Just uh, have a little sip of wine. <laughs> why? A bit dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, uh, we have a Kevin Costner movie. Ooh. Okay. Oh, which one? Which one's it gonna be? If, it'd be funny if it was the one I watched the other day. <laughs> it's not. It's, well, it's not. It's not Waterworld. Although no. I think Waterworld is right for rediscovery I, as well. I watched the other. Or day. the Postman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the Postman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched the other day a couple of weeks ago. I watched Dances with Wolves. Great. But over the weekend, we did had to do it in two parts because it's a long three-hour film, yeah. and we can't stay much past ten o'clock these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, JFK was the one that we watched the other day so what's your well, number oh boom <laughs> i thought it was either this or the untouchables i just um but you know what i don't normally like oliver stone films that much oh, i love jfk it's an absolute uh, masterpiece and it, what, the funny thing is right obviously i'm you know this is pretty useless because it's, it's a podcast so it's not a visual medium but i'm holding up the laser disc um, that's an amazing cover it, I know. that's an amazing it's, looking laser disc that one it's, it's one but uh i i bought this a few years ago um yeah and i i only watched it for the first time um the laser it's not the film i've seen the film lots and lots of times um like earlier this year yeah and this is it doesn't say it anywhere on the cover but this is an extended cut because yes. I know this film off by heart, right? Yeah. And there was a scene towards the end where he's in an airport yeah. and he's in yeah. a toilet. Yeah. And I was, I, I just turned to my girlfriend and I was like, I don't remember this scene. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that scene before I've in got, my life. The, I got the DVD and that's the extended cut. And you, yeah. you know what's like, what, what's funny about it? I have seen this extended cut. Yeah. I have seen. It. Um, before I have seen this DVD before, but I haven't watched it for a long while. And when that scene came on in the airport, I was like, well, I don't remember this scene. No, yeah, <laughs> but I had seen. Yeah, I mean, what I a know. brilliant scene! What a yeah, brilliant, yeah, yeah. brilliant scene! Oh, the extended cut's brilliant. And I tell you yeah. what, brilliant. Uh, you know, people um, do have criticised Kevin Costner's acting and everything in the past. I tell Not you, that, this. that monologue, this. that monologue in, yeah. at the in the court at the end. Yeah, at the end. Brilliant. I mean, he's talking non-stop for yeah. about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and I, I think, I, you know, I don't think he's that bad an actor. No, I don't you know, either. I'll I, even I take his dodgy kind of Robin Hood accent because I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's, and it's all. Yeah. My wife was sort of turned to me and actually said when we were watching this, she goes, oh, "I have, I have seen this film before." She said, "Not for a long while." She said, "It's almost spooky. This film, yeah, in some is. respects." Yes. And is. I know it's Oliver Stone's interpretation of. Yeah. Events, yeah. so it's not yeah. you know this is what happened, yeah. um, but 
you know, you look at that and you think, God, something dodgy did happen in 1963. And all the people disappearing and where these shots come from, there's something very almost slightly chilling about it. Yeah, no, completely. And it hasn't lost that effect in no, 30 years. You know, it's no. 30 years old this year, no. this film. But I went to see this on a hot summer's afternoon on my own. I was 13. Yeah. Like, what is it? Three and a half hours? It's 189 minutes, just over three hours. So I guess the cut I would have seen would have been just under three hours. Yeah. And I just remember being absolutely just gripped from those openings. That long kind of... Yeah. With all the vintage kind of old... Yeah. news footage and stuff yeah. at the start the way it's all yeah. kind of tied together and and on, intercut would call that you know new footage that he yeah. did on yeah. the plaza yeah. incredibly done all in yeah. black and white you know and quite I think, a haunting I think, I think, john, I think, a john oh, williams yeah uh, john williams again didn't expect john williams no. to do a film yeah like this, yeah no haunting score he does for this one uh, you know um um, uh, God, well, I can't remember the bloody cast now. Where am I? Well, Gary Oldman, you know, yeah. career best performance, yeah. you know, as Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, completely inhabits that character. Tommy Lee Jones is brilliant yeah. as Clay Bertram. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, just the one yeah. scene Kevin Bacon's in, Lily steals the whole movie. Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Michael Rooker's great yeah. in it. Sissy Spacek Space is his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Costner. Um, people like jack lemon turn up and yep. Mortimer tau turn yep. up in it they're not yep. credited yep. And donald yep. sutherland he has a yep. massive scene yeah, yeah sort yeah. of in the middle yeah, of the yeah, film. yeah. and, yeah. and, and I, I, funny enough i said to, to jenny when we were watching it which is so funny because we literally watched it last weekend this film yeah <laughs> and, and i i um said to jenny i said donald sutherland he has a lot of exposition yeah, he does. I love that scene. And, but Donald Sutherland's brilliant at making yeah. things like that interesting. Yeah, he is. So he's yeah. got that sort of the way yeah. he acts that voice. Yeah. Yeah. And he he he's a great scene at the middle when he's he's talking to Costin sort of, and it yeah. is it's sort of explaining a lot of things yeah. what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And, um, and none of those are credited. Some of those actors not even credited in it. No, no, exactly. No, I mean you know I I, I look at the back now and you look at the credits. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not even in. It's, it's, uh, you know, not even sort of credited um, in the roll call. And it's yeah, it's it's a stunning, stunning, stunning piece yeah. of work. You know, uh, I don't, th- I, you know, I'm not. Sh- I, unfortunately, I do think this kind of the, 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 you know these sort of films just won't really be made anymore. I think. No. Maybe you know, I can't. There probably is some stuff in kind of more recent memory, but. Um, I, I I love the way that you know you depending on who's telling the story, you know that 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 when then you see that story being acted out, it's all in like a slightly kind of a skewed yeah. way. Depending yeah. on who's telling the story about like Oswald in the book depository and yeah. stuff, yeah. And, you know it's it's yeah, I it's it's faultless. It's a perfect perfect movie. Yeah, no, and, I, and you know, and even though it's three hours long, I think it. it absolutely flies by yeah it, it flies by yes and yes you know it, and it, it's mad to think that you know as as when i first saw this as a 13 year old you know you know i'm pretty sure i had adhd i'm pretty sure i still have got ADHD. <laughs> you know for me to knuckle down and watch a three-hour movie and be well into it yeah you know sometimes i used to struggle i don't know getting to the end of an episode of neighbors or something yeah you know, but i you know like something clicked with me yeah. that day watching this film and it's never 
ever left me. I think the yeah. first time I watched it was when it was on telly. And I thought it was brilliant. And I, yeah. and I always I had it. I had it on VHS. I got it on DVD. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, it's same. a great, it's a great, great film. Um, yeah, I think it was one of the I, first DVDs I got. Actually, it was it was one of those double sided DVDs. Yes, it probably one of those. was. Yeah, but this one's got, one I've got is a double disc. The bonus yeah. features is all on one disc. Right. The film, right. but it is yeah. the extended cut, and it's yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah. So I, I think that's a worthy one in the top three. And to be honest, that would, yeah. JFK, especially after I saw it last weekend, is yeah. definitely would be a, a, a bubbling under for me because I think yeah. it's brilliant. Um, number two. Number two. Uh, unfortunately, I'll have to be empty-handed for this one, mate. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to pick up an old VHS copy of it, but they go for okay. a lot of money. Uh, you know, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I, um. If, if I want to stream it in HD, I'll just stream it online. But, you know, but, you know, well, we spoke a lot about the genius of Spielberg. Yeah. And, you know, uh, both of us just kind of waxing lyrical with just frothing at the mouth. That have, we've grown up with his films, yeah. you know, throughout our whole life and hopefully will do for many more years. But my favourite Steven Spielberg film... Mm-hmm was his first film. Are we going with Jewel? We certainly are going with Jewel. Now, that's just been re-released on Blu-ray. Yeah. Within yeah. the last, yeah. last couple of months. And you can pick yeah. it up for a tenner. Nice. I'm not interested in Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know you can get it on, you can get it on Laserdisc, only, yeah. only from, only from America. Um, yeah. I've seen a fairly reasonably priced. Um, uh, but yeah, I again, you know, growing up with Spielberg, when you're a kid, you see E.T. and Hook and such like. And I remember being in the library, um, I can't remember where, it must have been when I was at school. And I found a book and it was called like The Films of Steven Spielberg. It's a really old book, Tatty, I remember mm-hmm. that. And it went through all his films. And it, the first kind of opening chapter was about his TV work, like we touched on mm-hmm. with Columbo. And he, um, I think he did some kind of like, crime drama kind of stuff a bit like mission yeah. impossible he worked on a few of those yeah. kind of sort of shows you know there's a lot of directors did back then yeah um and the, you know and then the first kind of proper film um as the, as i found that many years later it was actually it was a tv movie in america mm-hmm. tv movie of the week on yeah. abc i think yeah um and then he went back and filmed an extra 20 minutes to you know because to, to give it a cinema release yeah. in europe and the rest yeah. of the world you know, um, and I, I was sort of fascinated by you know the pictures in the in the book. There was black and white pictures, but there was a black and white picture of this menacing truck. Yeah. And you know, it's it's crazy, but the truck does look evil. It yeah, looks scary. Yeah. It's a scary it's, truck. It's you know? like a rusted truck, yeah, isn't it? You know, yeah, the, the the truck's got a face. It's got yeah, a face. Yeah. You no, know, two eyes, and a mouth, and a nose. Um, and and there were you know pictures of um, uh, the guy who's driving the car uh, who is chasing the Plymouth um, the orange Plymouth car that he's driving David Mann yeah um, and you know look, re, you know there was like a couple of pages about each, two or three pages about each film and stuff and I was just fascinated I mean, I'd never heard of this film most of the other films in the book I've yeah, heard yeah. of you know 1941 and Sugarland yeah. Express and all this kind of stuff. Um, and obviously this was pre-internet times and you say to people, you know, 
he looked, he looked for the, have you heard this film called Dior? And a lot of people hadn't heard of it. They yeah. never heard of it, you know. Um, and I remember, and again, this was a film that I discovered through Movie Drone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hadn't even, because at the start of each episode of Movie Drone, Alex Cox, who was the original presenter, would do a little five-minute monologue yeah. about the film you're going to watch yeah. and stuff. Uh, and I missed that bit, and I turned on the TV, and I think the scene, first scene that I saw was like this this orange, like old kind of Plymouth car yeah. driving through the desert. It, yeah, and basically, stuck, and he keeps changing the dial on the radio. That's how it, yeah, it yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the first scene I saw, and I was just like, immediately I knew, I was like, this is this is Jill, this has got to be Jill, and I was yeah. so excited. Yeah. Um, and I think. The way it's filmed, you know, it's 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 kind of sparingly. I mean, there's only kind of one actor in it, really. You know, mm. Dennis Weaver. That's mm. it. Um, you know, there's a couple of extra kind of scenes that were filmed later and put yeah. in. Yeah. But you know, the main star. It, it's it, it's essentially about a guy driving through the desert and he's and he's getting chased by a guy and a guy in a truck that you don't see who wants to kill. Yeah. Yeah. That's you it. Think, That's and literally you always, it. And you, and you always think there's a, the couple, of, there's a couple of times where you think, oh, are you going to see who it is in there? I think when yeah. they stop at a petrol station or a, yeah, or a, a diner yeah. and you sort yeah. of think you're going to see him, but you never do. Yeah, never um, no, it's a great film. Funny enough, I've literally just bought the Blu-ray of it because I had nice. I had a multi, I had a Region 1 DVD of it. Yeah. But I don't have a Region, multi-region player oh, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a useless. But the first time I watched it, it was on late at night. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was movie drone or what, but I can remember it was on late at night and I was trying to devour every Spielberg film. So I taped it and I watched it the next day. And, um, and I always thought it was great. And I had a cult, this a VHS copy that someone yeah. had taped for me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah and they, they, they gave it to me. So I, I had yeah. that. Um, and then you couldn't buy it on DVD over here for a long time. So no, I, no. I, I got, um, I ordered online years ago a, 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 a an American DVD copy, and that's what I had. I've got an American DVD copy of the Sugarland Express because you couldn't get that one over here for a long yeah, while either. Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, Empire of the Sun you couldn't get over here for a long yeah, while. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but recently they re-released it on Blu-ray for its 50th anniversary. Yeah, of course. Um, it was only a tenner, so. Uh, nice. yeah. Are there are there any are there any are there any kind of more extras that that, that weren't on? Because there was a nice little documentary on the I'm, DVD, I, as I remember. I'll have to look at it. I'll have a look because yeah. I've still got it sealed. That's how I knew it. It's yeah. only got it the other week. Strangely, yeah. it's funny, funny how <laughs> you talked about Jules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I literally only got it, and I haven't seen it for a long while, Jules. So um, yeah. I'm, it's one of those ones I'm gonna. I'm going to watch quite quite soon. So it's only an hour and a half as well. So it's one that you can fit yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not it's not even that. I think it's like eighty something. Yeah, minutes. yeah. Um, and it, even like the the noise the truck makes when it goes over the cliff at yeah. the end. There's one yeah. take. That noise, the same noise, Spielberg uses it again when the shark dies in Jaws. Jaws, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's it's yeah. and it's in some respects it's quite a similar film and that's oh, sort of, massive similarities. You know, yeah. but uh, and he sort of honed, honed his techniques and as you say, it was only a TV film because there's always this debate of actually what is Spielberg's first film? Is it Jewel or is it the Sugarland Express? But yeah. in technically, the way that he did that film is so much like a film. Oh uh, yeah. 
it's got to be Jewel. And as you say, it was it was released in Europe as a as a feature film. So it's it's, a, it's an amazing debut. Goes yeah, it's an incredible debut. Incredible. Um, and and you know he's such he's such a prolific director and he's such a consistent director. You know, I still. You know, you, you don't get, he's not like James Cameron. You get a film every two or three, probably on average, if you averaged it yeah. out. Yes, he sometimes yeah. does have gaps, but then he sometimes then does, a, you get a, two or three films from him in a very short space of time. Um, yeah. You know, like, for example, Tintin and Warhorse came out in the same year. Um, yeah, uh, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List came out in the same year. You know, <laughs> you've got all that type. So, yeah. you, you know, I can't remember, his, was his last film Ready Player One, wasn't it? Was, yeah. the post yeah. one of the two um they, uh, they i think they came out in the same year you know ready yeah, player one yeah. of the post yeah, so you got west side, yeah yeah you got west side story coming out this christmas um yeah. so you know he's such a prolific consistent director and it all started with that film jewel it's an amazing yeah. film and yeah. i can quite understand why that's at your number yeah. two number two uh, what's the big one What's your favourite film of all time, Gareth? Uh, the big one, the favourite. Is it all before you before you you said it? Does this is this always your favourite film of all time, or does it? Yeah. Can it? I can it? No. Yeah, this is this has been my favourite film for good fifteen years, maybe more. Yeah. You know, it was always up there. I think for a while, Pulp Fiction was my favourite film in the nineties. Yeah. Late nineties, it was just but yeah, but well, that's if someone asked me, but like yeah, Pulp Fiction. Um, but yeah. The other I've got this. This is my favourite film. Um, again, saw it for the first time on Movie Drone. I owe, I owe Alex Cox yeah. a huge debt of gratitude, and Mark Cousins, the guy that took over Movie Drone yeah. after Alex got left or got sacked or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is. I think this is this film is from 1979. I think it's the perfect kind of amalgam of like story kind of based on like almost like like greek mythology mixed with brilliant set pieces and almost a comic book aesthetic Mm -hmm. and i pray to god that they don't remake it they spoke about it a few years ago especially when the video game that came out was a massive hit right but i'm talking about the warriors ah the warriors Yes, of course, I knew that you liked this film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 basically like watching a comic book come to life for me. I've never seen it. I, I've never seen the Warriors. Directed by Walter Hill, who went yeah. on to do, well, he did the Driver before this, mm-hmm. which was massively influenced Baby Driver. Yeah, and. And Drive, obviously, Ryan Gosling. Uh, he went on to direct, uh, what did he direct? Uh, 48 Hours, uh, Last Man Standing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brewster's Millions. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, um, but, yeah, it's, you know, kind of, it, it has, for me, such an iconic look. The, the way that, like, all the like New York gangs are kind of dressed, it's just like something out of, a comic book yeah and that whole kind of like story of like getting home basically they're you know they're they're the they're a, a, a gang from county island called the warriors uh, all the all the gangs in new york get invited to um a massive meetup 
um, in the Bronx, mm-hmm. uh, in a big park, uh, where uh, one of the gangs called the Gramercy Riffs, uh, the head of that gang called Cyrus, he wants to unite all the gangs to take over the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very comic book. Yeah. Um, and one of, one of the rival gangs in, in this big meetup pulls out a gun, uh, shoots Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the warriors get the blame for shooting Cyrus. Mm-hmm. So they're basically in the Bronx, which is like, what, 50, 60 miles away from it's like yeah. the other side of New York from County Islands. And it's, it's basically the story of them going through each borough in New York, trying to get home using the subway and running into gangs on along the way. The, you know, the warriors get split up ah, right. two, two or three stories going on at once. Yeah. And, and, and they all kind of have to meet up at like Union Station to get their trains to County Island and stuff yeah. like this. And it's, I mean, when this film first came out, um, I mean, I've heard stories, you know, people that are older than us um, that went to see this at the cinema at the mm-hmm. time. And there were genuinely st- like, there was reports, and true as it turned out, that it was inside, you know, gangs were going to see this film in London. Mm. And the gangs were having massive fights in the middle of the cinema whilst the film was playing, you know. Um, apparently, like, all trailers and all posters and all that were withdrawn yeah. off you know, bus stops and off TV and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it's got it's universally acknowledged as, like, this kind of, like, pop culture cult yeah. classic yeah. now. Um, and, like, to celebrate its, I think, its 40th anniversary a couple of years ago, um, they got... Um, all the members of the Warriors, well, I think a couple of them have died over the years, mm-hmm. but all the, the all the original members of the Warriors gang were still alive. Mm-hmm. They did like a documentary of them now, mm-hmm. like in, in their Warriors kind of like their uniforms, like sort of red leather jackets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, always, always wanted one of them. <laughs> I don't think I could rock that. Best. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a do- short, like a short documentary about them riding the train back to Coney Island, you know, and all these people stopping them in the street in New York. You know, go, hey man, it's the Warriors. Warriors come out to play. So, so it actually is it actors in it, or is it actually people from the gangs as the? No, actors? no, it's, no, no, it's actors. It's actors. But is, very, is, very who's famous. who? Is anybody really sort of famous in it? Well, probably the most famous actor who was in it was uh, was James Ramar. Right. He, went on to, he was the baddie in Forty Eight Hours. He right. was in uh, Sex and the City. Yeah. Um, because we all love a bit of Sex and the City. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> my wife does. <laughs> yeah, the films are awful, but I stand by the fact that the TV show was great, much to the chagrin of my uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, um, and he was in he was in Dexter. Uh, yeah. He's been in a few films. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it kind of nobodies really. Mm. You know, um, I think there was a, apparently a lot of the people in like the rival gangs um, were were like either professional stuntmen or ballet dancers, because they're that sort of, like, fight choreography going on. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's almost like some of the fights are almost like watching a dance. Yeah. It sounds a bit like a 70s West Side story in terms of... Yeah, yeah. That's what that that story's about, really, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. But, you know, for me, it's just... it's, It's the perfect film I can put on whenever. And you know, I'm almost glad that you haven't watched it. Cause like, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm yeah, gonna have to watch it. I have heard of it. I know yeah. it, had, it had it had a real swanky Blu-ray come out a couple of years ago. I think yeah. for its 40th anniversary, yeah, so yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
watch okay. it and it's it's and, and again incredible soundtrack um you know mixing kind of like because it was like late 70s so there's a bit of like kind of like disco funk yeah. on there but there's a bit of rock as well yeah, yeah. um and it's just the way it's shot it's 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 kind of shot like one of those kind of like old school like like Ben Hur was like a Greek epic. You know, you half expect Charlton Heston to come over the sands. Like the, the final <laughs> scene is set on Coney Island Beach. Yeah. You half expect Charlton Heston to come over the sand. That's the way it's shot, you know. And it's, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And it is my absolute all-time favourite movie. Amazing. And also, when you were talking about actors, sometimes the best cult films do have actors that never yeah. really done loads of stuff yeah. again, or have no, done stuff, but nothing that sort of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think, I think think the, the main guy, um, Michael Michael Beck, he was in... He was touted after this film to be like the next big star. Yeah. And then I think happens, he, 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 did it, he did that film with Xanadu, and then his uh, career just died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Cool. Well, that's your top ten. So what we'll do is we'll quickly run through our top ten. So I'll just okay. run yeah. through mine. So my top ten was number ten, The Shawshank Redemption. Number nine, Avengers Endgame. Number eight, Jurassic Park. Seven, Jaws. Number six, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Five, E.T. The Extraterrestrial. Four, Back to the Future. Three, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Two, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. And at number one, good old Star Wars: A New Hope. And what was your top ten? <laughs> Very different top tens. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's that's the, the way, beauty of this, though. That's the beauty. That's of the way it should be, you know. Yeah, exactly. Where it should be, purely subjective. That's what's wonderful about it. <laughs> uh, number ten, Terminator Two: Judgment Day, uh, aka the greatest sequel ever made. Uh, <laughs> number nine, Speed. Uh, number eight, No Country for Old Men. Number seven, Cruising. Number six, Pop Fiction. Number five, Fargo. Number four, Jackie Brown. Number three, JFK. Number two, Duel. And number one, The Warriors. Lovely. Uh, I tell you, we, we'll have to do a sequel one because um, I think I think The Empire Strikes Back's the best sequel of all time. But uh, okay, <laughs> Terminator Two's up there though. Definitely. Well, we've already spot our list there. We already no. both know what our number ones are. Oh, oh well, another uh, time. Well, not everybody will listen to this. No. You're, you're expecting you're expecting this to be downloaded by millions of people. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. And. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's our top 10. So this is the last of the four sort of the four introductory episodes. We've done our top 20 favourite albums. We've done our top 20 favourite films. Next time, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I might have to edit this out, but next time <laughs> yeah, we're going to be counting down our favourite Bond films. So all the official James Bond films. Um, that's already in the can. We recorded that a while back. Um, I want to try and get it out around the time No Time to Die comes out at the end of September. So fingers crossed. Well, I think it's still looking good. It's still looking good for it yeah. to come out at the end of September. So let's see how we can get on. But um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Gareth. And make sure you tune into Gareth's podcast, Track One, Side One. It's all on. It's available on all good um, places where you get your podcasts. So download that now. Have a listen of it. It's great. And this is the Music and Film Saves the World podcast. And myself and Gareth, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Adios. Adios.